Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Finks. We're back, man. Episode 275. Yes, sir. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, this week's news, the number one headline was the fucking submersible that went down and imploded. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that right now. Um, yeah, it's a really unfortunate story, man. Really fucked up. Yeah. As, as we know, there was a submersible that went down. Titanic bound submersible, five passengers dead. Catastrophic implosion. The five passengers aboard the submersible that went missing while attempting to explore the Titanic wreckage are dead, according to the Expedition Monday, uh, Company. Uh, OceanGate Incorporated gave a statement Thursday saying those aboard the vessel have sadly been lost, calling them true explorers who shared a distinct spirit of adventure and a deep passion for exploring and protecting the world's oceans. Um, officials say they located the debris field about 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic wreckage within the debris field, there was a five major pieces of debris discovered to lead them to believe the vessel imploded. Mm. Yeah, super sad. Now, before I even go into the story, there is a guy named David Lockridge that had been relieved of his duties because he questioned the integrity of the submersible. Um, extreme danger. Ex-Ocean Gate employee alleges firing uh, for raising concerns over missing Titanic sub. So he told these niggas that this sub was fucked up. Mm-hmm. A former employee of OceanGate alleged in a 2018 counterclaim lawsuit that he was fired for raising concerns about quality control and testing of potential flaws in the same experimental submersible that went missing this week with, with its crew and passengers on and underwent tourist venture to seek the wreck of the Titanic. David Lockridge, an engineer and, submar- and submarine pilot, claimed in his counterclaim against OceanGate that he was hired in 2015 by the Everett Washington Company uh, to ensure the safety of all crew and clients during the submersible and surface operations of vessel called Titan. Uh, but when he expressed concerns about the design and testing of the, of the mini-sub hull, he said he was terminated by the company. So here's what happened, all right? We'll loop all this in. They bargained the health and livelihood of people to to get this sub down in that fucking water. Mm -hmm. Now, it it went on, I believe it went on seven different um, missions down there, and it was fine. But Mm -hmm. the integrity of it is the problem. Eventually, it's not strong enough to withhold it, and it will implode due to the the pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, However... There's a lot of people on the internet that have been lacking complete empathy for these people. Yeah. There's been a lot of motherfuckers with memes. Mm-hmm. Just memes after meme after meme. I don't get it. I don't I don't see what's funny about five people going down there and dying, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Well, they're dumb. Why would they get on a uh why would they get on a submarine that was little and it didn't work?" That's dumb. That's on them. And mm-hmm. it's like, so you still finding a way to laugh at motherfuckers that went down in there? <laughs> now, what I will say is this. I don't have motherfuckers on the internet acting like they got experience in submersibles. Yeah. Like, you don't even know. Like, we can't even buy the right cars. We buy lemons in America every fucking day. Yeah. You, you just bought an Escalade that the motor blew out, nigga. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> so what do you know about submarines, dude? Yeah. You know? Like, mm-hmm. So we, we need to be a little more, um, just have a little empathy. Just because they were rich doesn't mean that there shouldn't be any type of, there should they should be without empathy. Yeah. that's yeah. like It's like the eat the rich mentality. Like, mm-hmm. fuck those rich assholes. They blew up. Fuck them. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. I will say that um, we, we sometimes like, white people have like this natural curiosity. And I think, you know, sometimes. Oh, is that too- a tiger? 
Huh? Is that a tiger? Let me get close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a white people. <laughs> oh, you know, shit. Oh. It's been, it, there's been many a stories where uh, white people will go, like, uh, what was that? Where they, it was like some indigenous people on some island. Oh, yeah, they, they wanted to convert them. Yeah, like, they went in there. To, yeah, yeah. Like, they need God. They doing perfectly fine with whatever rain God they praying to. Um, but, the, yeah, white people have, like, this natural curiosity. And sometimes, like, it... it it uh, benefits our country, you know what I mean? Like in terms of the them probably, I think, I would imagine like some white person was like, dang, man, I wonder what it's like to be on the moon. And then all of a sudden they, they start doing the math and they got the help of some black women. Shout out to all the black women out yeah. there doing the math and whatnot. What was that movie called? Hidden Figures? Yeah, Hidden Figures. Um, you know, and they put the put the formulas together and then they ended up, you know, making it to the moon. But sometimes it, it just, I was telling Eddie on the phone, I was like, sometimes people got to die for us to really navigate or create you know the right the right formulas the right engineering to make some stuff happen right. you know there was i went to uh the school called Kristen mcauliffe and you know she was essentially famous for ex- like the uh exploding. the rocket ship exploding in the air mm-hmm. and we watched that as kids which is like it's like devastating. Yeah. You just, Ima- imagine going to like Martin Luther King Elementary and on the first day of school, they got a, uh, a, a picture of Martin Luther King dead. Yeah. Getting shot, getting blasted in the freaking hotel in Memphis or whatever. Um, but yeah, that, I think that, that that's kind of what it looks like. It's unfortunate that, that they, that they, uh, you know, that the, the submarine ended up imploding, but it, there, it's just a natural. People really are curious about the Titanic, the biggest, you know, at the time, the biggest ship ever created, mm-hmm. and how it was supposed to be like indestructible, and it, you know, it, it's at the bottom of the ocean now. So, and oh. it, you, when it when it when I um, look at it, it's you think like you said it was seven successful uh, trips, you mm-hmm. know, that thing I've been on, and it's it's pretty deep, but it's actually not like super. Like super deep, it was. It, it comes 12, out to about five hundred. Yeah, it's about. It's probably about two or three miles uh, deep into the into the water. I think it's seven. And um, and uh, it just it just yeah it just it just doesn't seem that crazy. I think that they they in their mind they had the equipment, they had the technology to do it, and it just, it just a mistake happened somewhere along the way, which is kind of what it looks like. So. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but I do agree with you. I don't think that it's. Uh, <laughs> I hear a lot of people making jokes and memes about it, but it's like you said, somebody really lost their life, man. You know, yeah, we could crack jokes about it, but that's you know that's a that's a young a young teenager lost his life and a few other men. Hey, I was we were both wrong. The Titanic is a whopping two and a half miles beneath the surface, uh, far too deep for a human to survive the pressure if not an equipped vessel. That's what I said. 2 2 to 3 miles. I thought you said 5. I'm no, to... I said 2 to 3 miles. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, I mean it got it got fucked up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh what was I going to say about that? Uh so yeah, basically they bargained people's uh people's life the people's lives cuz mm-hmm. they paid 250,000 a piece to go down there. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. people are saying these rich assholes, and this is the thing, they kind of generalized the rich people because they said these rich assholes had no problem oppressing people so they could afford to go down in that ship. Yeah. And it's like you just you're just adding things in. You don't know that. You don't know what they did. Yeah. Right. And right. And they probably did some shit. They probably stepped on some people, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what a lot of rich people do step on people. But I don't come to that assumption. Yeah. Right. Not only that, they made a rich mistake, right? They made a rich mistake. By having enough money to go down 
and, and, and see that vessel. But one thing's very true, and this is true for all of us. Money grants you access, right? Mm-hmm. So even at the smallest level, like let's say you had a job, you was broke, and then you got a much better job. Now you have access to take your family to Disneyland, and you could go get them all kind of uh, uh, freaking, you know, merch and gear and all kind of stuff that you couldn't afford before because you've been granted the access because you had money. So our reality is no different than theirs. It's just on different levels, mm-hmm. right? Money grants you access. So they had the access to spend 250000 mm-hmm. And then also, here's another parallel. They're like, these fucking idiots went down to the machine. And I don't feel bad for them. They went down on a submarine that was fucked up. Well, hold on, uh, Jeff, uh, 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 freaking Jessica or whoever is making a comment. <laughs> When you go to McDonald's, right there on the sliding window, it says food may cause cancer and you still keep fucking eating it, right? Mm -hmm. How is that any different than them getting on a submarine and going down to see the Titanic? Some people might say that's apples and oranges, Eddie. Well, you're risking your life doing both things, Mm -hmm. right? Are you not? It's somebody was smoking a cigarette like, look at those fucking assholes. (sighs) Look at those idiots. Like you're smoking cancer, man. (laughs) You're literally smoking cancer. And you got the nerve to have commentary on these rich people, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's very unfortunate that they died, mm-hmm. um, and I don't wish that on anybody. And then there was a 19 year old that initially didn't want to go on the trip, but his dad it would have made him proud, and they kind of pressured him into going. He went. Now nah, he's fucking dead. Yeah. I bet you before that thing imploded, he just looked at his dad like this nigga. Yeah. This nigga really got imagine. Me on he, imagine if he was a virgin too. He's like, I'm never gonna get pussy. No, that's not. Funny. <laughs> oh my that's, god, that's not funny. He, probably, <laughs> yeah, he probably wanted to. He probably had to jack off one good time. Like, man, if I'm never gonna feel a real vagina, let me just get this off before we implode. Oh my god! Imagine if he busted while it imploded at the same time. That'd be the best nut ever. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I mean, we got love for him, but we still gonna get these jokes. Yeah, off. It's, just, it's a little <laughs> bit of humor. This is a little different than the internet meme. Okay, we 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 provide nuance. <laughs> We provide nuance and empathy. <laughs> Sometimes, man, you gotta you gotta laugh before you cry, man. Nah, you sent me those Fleece Johnson, those Fleece. Oh Johnson my god! Documentary. We'll get into that a little later. I wanna, don't want to mess up the. <laughs> but the, I'm saying it's comparable because yeah, if you on a boat with five men and you like, dog, we know we about to die. We running out of oxygen, all this other stuff that might turn a man to uh, that might turn a man gay. Be fucked up is like if you do some gay shit and then all of a sudden you get an air supply. Dang, you gotta live with that. <laughs> so y'all, the ghost on the Titanic gonna be like, them niggas is gay. <laughs> you see that Charleston? They're gay. Charleston, <laughs> it's a dead nigga on the ship. Titanic from the early 1900s. Like, <laughs> we went to the. Uh, they have a Titanic museum um, in Las Vegas. That's it's pretty interesting. Is like playing it, that music? Yeah. No, they don't, have, they don't have the music in there. But uh, it just talks about a lot of it was, um, you know, how how huge of a feat it was to to engineer that whole that whole ship and how it was kind of split up into classes. And it talked it showed like the uh, some of the uh, like the sizes of the bed that people you know, in certain sections lived on, and then it walked you all the way through to, like, the wealthier sections where they got bathrooms and bathtubs, and, yeah, it's it it's pretty crazy, like, you know, just, just seeing it all. And they have, like, artifacts and stuff like that, like spoons and 
plates and stuff that they oh, found. They, they, found? Mm-hmm. they didn't find Titanic to the 80s. It was 1985, to mm-hmm. be, be exact. 84, 85. A lot of it be like technology. Like the technology got to catch up to, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to dive that deep, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty crazy. Ain't yeah. nobody died. They had. You gotta have a pressurized <clears throat> vessel to get down to that. And, and it seems like, uh, yeah, like the the um, like the work and stuff that they did to pull that stuff out when it costs a lot of money. So I think that mm-hmm. they, I think that they made a pact that they're not, they're no longer trying to like pull stuff up from from that ship. And like you see the results, like mm-hmm. you know, when it costs a lot of money, it costs him two hundred fifty thousand just to get on that submersible, and then. Um, the, the danger that it is and like they were saying uh, one of the things they were saying is like when they do come up or when they when they do try to pull certain things up that it's been soaked in water for so long a lot of the stuff is like deteriorating and stuff like that so you know you'll mess around and spend millions of dollars to go down there and you try to pull up a piece of the ship and it's just breaking apart while it's on the way up so yeah, yeah. The, the deepest at least now the deepest uh part of the ocean is the mariana trench that mm-hmm. shit is Thirty six thousand two hundred feet. That's crazy. Fucking. They they typically uh, form in locations where one tectonic plate uh, subducts under another. The deepest known depression uh, of this kind is the Mariana Trench, which lies east of the Mariana Islands in <coughs> the western North Pacific Ocean. It reaches eleven thousand thirty four meters. Damn, at its deepest point. That shit is so far. It's it's, it's crazy. It's it's literally so deep. If you took the uh the Mount Everest, you can mm. stick it in there and it's still deeper. If you uh, we went to the Grand Canyon this uh past week and when you look inside the Grand Canyon it's just like you can't even really fathom how deep it is. Like it's I think it was like six sixty five hundred feet or something like that. So it's like basically double that. Like double the size of the Grand Canyon and that's where like the, the ship had is just sitting there. Okay. Now this is the one I'm tripping off of. I said seven miles for that, but it's not. It's only a little over two miles for the Titanic. But mm-hmm. this shit is seven miles deep. Mm-hmm. Seven miles. That's crazy. That's fucking nuts. Now they went to they they've reached the they've touched the the surface of the Mariana Trench, and I was looking at it today, mm-hmm. and it showed all kind of weird ass. I would say also that's the the deepest known known yeah. yes because who knows what's really who down knows it down there mm-hmm. you might go down deep enough and godzilla like stop oh, <laughs> <leave it alone."> <laughs> <laughs> these niggas tripping man who's knocking on my door yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get down deep enough and fleece johnson like yeah i'll sleep i want some sea booty <laughs> 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 yeah man yeah that that's that in uh what was the other one uh oh there's another story that's comparable to this mm-hmm. and it's 700 people so the lack of press that happened to migrant people 700 people fucking sank mm-hmm. dozens are dead and hundreds feared missing from migrant ships seeking off in greece mm-hmm. um uh, Greece rescue workers transfer the bodies of dead migrants to refrigerator trucks as major search continued Thursday for possible survivors of a sea disaster in north southern Greece. Hundreds of people are still feared missing, and at, at least 78 bodies have been recovered from a fishing boat crammed with migrants seeking to make it from Libya to Italy, um, capsized and sank a day earlier in deep waters of Greek coast. Rescuers saved 104 passengers, including Egyptians, Syrians, Pakistans, Pakistanis, Afghans, and Palestinians. Damn, they had all the immigrants. But mm-hmm. authorities fear that hundreds of others 
may have been trapped below deck. If confirmed, that would make the tragedy one of the worst ever recorded in Central Mediterranean. Um, authorities revised the confirmed death toll from 79 following overnight count of the bodies. Mm-hmm. So, dude, there's hundreds of people displaced and more likely they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's been a despair of coverage. Right. And we have to understand why that is. Right. They're like, I don't care about these rich assholes. There was poor people that died, blah, blah, blah. I think that even though that's the truth, it's still confirmation bias. You just don't like rich people. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's also true that there's a despair in coverage because there are rich people. Yeah. Right. And they feel like that is more of a story than a bunch of poor people. They people don't give a fuck about the poor. We know that. Yeah. You know, they don't care about migrants. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's sad. And even Barack Obama just recently brought it up. He said, we have a potential catastrophic event that's about to take place with these five five men that have, you know, have a have a submersible that can pretty much implode. Mm-hmm. But really, it's no one's also talking about these 700 migrants that have sank. Yeah. You know, and it's the truth. And it's it's fucked up. But this is we see this all the time. I will say, too, like going back to the the original uh, um, submarine that went down there, submersible. I think those are two distinct, different things. But I'm oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not familiar with the lingo, so I'm gonna just call it a submarine. But mm-hmm. um, I don't. They didn't do anything wrong. You know, all they no. did was pay money to take a trip. Essentially, that's it. That's all they you know? did. You know, and and we think about it. I think about it all the time. Like uh, <clears throat> I went to a water park the other day, and uh, I was going up the stairs, and you could you you could start to see where like there could potentially be some failures in the engineering especially mm. a water park where it's water is you know water is like destructive you know yes, it is. if you know if it sits too long if it flows too long there was like you know the little tubes or whatever that you know the slide and it's it's held together by nuts and bolts and it's just water leaking out there and then you look underneath it's like um Water has rusted and deteriorated mm. some of the platforms, and I'm like, this is an accident waiting to happen. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but everybody paid that money to get in there. So, you know, essentially, we're no we're no different than those, those submarine hundred percent people that hopped on the submarine. And I, you know, a lot of times, the reason why, um, and I went to school uh, for architecture, um, I ended up, you know, switching to to do film. But when you when you're um, when you want to become an architect, you have to take like, you know, state tests and stuff like that to to make sure you you not, you understand the risks, You 100%. understand the risks that, you know, like the building that we in it, it requires some level of certification, some level of uh, mm-hmm. schooling so that the person that built it like is, is not just falling over, or, you know, we falling through the, the floor. You know, you got to have the, the proper codes and the proper engineering, mm-hmm. the proper map to make sure everything is, is, is stable. And it's reinforced. Yeah. So, um, you know, but that I'm not checking it. You know, I don't go to the the engineer or the architect and be like, hey, let me look at this before I even enter into this building or before I even drive by it. Let me look to see like, you know, is this uh, is this math correct? Is the formula that you use correct or whatever? Or using the right materials and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we just trust that, you know, you know, if you got a brand and a name that you know what you're doing. That's true. Yeah. Bro, you just <clears throat> said it. Mm-hmm. You just said it. And you know what? That's the probably one of the best points made because we just 
we just basically say, okay, hey, well, this has been on seven trips safely, this and that. Yeah. Okay, let me go ahead and pay you. And it's what we do with vehicles when we go get a car. It could be a – there literally is a TikTok right now, a TikTok trend of people buying the newest, latest Escalade, right? Brand new Escalade. That might look good, too. I've been seeing it around town. Bro, they need to return them all. They bad? No. They, they have a ceiling problem. When it rains, all the water is going into the fucking truck. Wow. I've uh, seen that, too, with – um. Might have been the the Corvette, mm-hmm. the new. I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but the new Corvette for some reason the water just sinks into like this little, like wherever the back mirror or the back mm-hmm. window is, the water just like flows. Like when it rains, it just flows and sits there, Ooh. and it, it has nowhere to go. So oh you know, my same, God. same sort of thing as like the Escalade. Yeah, so it's like we we buy these cars and we rely on the expertise of people. Yeah, you know because they you know these companies have stood the test of time. But there's this thing called shit engineering. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good a car looks when it has shit engineering. It's just it's not there. A lot of the classic, all pretty much all the classic cars, whether it's Mustang or even the truck that I have, that ninety four Silverado, is just mm-hmm. went into like the first stage of a classic vehicle. Mm-hmm. All of them have one thing in common: that's but, engineering. You know, it's crazy. Um, I think the uh, I think cars. I'm gonna say cars are becoming an asset, but I will say the value of cars just overall. I think. And maybe only specific cars, but I've seen a couple cars. Like my girl, she has a RAV4, uh, like 2013. And I looked up the Kelly Blue Book value on it, and it was like anywhere from like eleven to 13000 like a trade-in value. Damn! And I was like, what? what? That's ridiculous. But I was like, yeah, is, so something is going on in terms of cars and the value of them or... I don't know if it was because of COVID or what, but I mean, you was t- mm. you were showing me the value of your car, and mm-hmm. like when I looked that up, I'm like, dang, it's it's, it's something going on with these. I don't think it's all cars. cars though; it's certain ones. Maybe yeah, it's only certain ones, but yeah. Your car, that Jeep, that motherfucker. I've mm-hmm. seen some of those Jeeps; the price was up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the like, certain certain quality cars, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and hers is the 13. Mm-hmm. Let's just look at the track record of those cars before we you know we, we don't have. The information maybe it's got really good track records. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it could be just that year specifically. Mm-hmm. That, that year. specific mm-hmm. year, and so. they changed the body. You know, they used to have that old ugly, like with the little tire on the back. Oh know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What did Kanye say? What you think I rap for to drive a fucking rap for? <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, that's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. But it, it, this is a really fucked up situation. Um, but when it when it comes down to it, I think that. Um, there's so many things that play into it. There's the empathy thing, and then there's the you know the kind of the eat the rich uh, conversation, and then there's yeah. the you know at least they died doing what they love doing too. They went down there, and it's unfortunate, but they died trying to see the Titanic. Yeah, it's it's Mo- crazy, man. Mm-hmm. I think about because um, we have went like camping and stuff this this past week, mm-hmm. and you just realize like how close we're to close we are to death mm-hmm. always like even when we was out there at the grand canyon somebody had i think they had fell off the side of a cliff or something like that oh my god and a lot of it you know I, it doesn't it, it didn't say exactly what they did or how they fell or whatever but you know it, it's it's pretty high up and if you're not paying attention like you know you could just fall and it's super windy too like yeah. it was a, it was a moment where we got up on this rock and we took a picture and the wind is just like, whew, and it's like, if you're not, you're one false step and you'll mess around and be, you know, 6,000 feet, you know, tumbling down. 
So it, I just say that to say, like, we, we're always kind of on the ver- verge of, of death. And yeah. it just, like, you know, like you said, they, they kind of went out doing something. And you got and they got to see this. They got to see the Titanic. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of things, bro. I mean, you brought up that point talking about how we're all close to death and how a lot of shit is unsafe. There's so much outdated infrastructure in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. There's a bridge. There's like a bridge that you drive under mm-hmm. um, in L.A. And I think I, they have the year that that bridge was built. I think it said uh, 1912. Mm-hmm. And I drove under the bridge and I looked and I'm like, nigga, this bridge is from 1912. Yeah. And it looks like shit. Yeah. There's scrape marks on top of the bridge where a truck strikes the knee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, there's a lot of really outdated shit in LA, bro. It's bad. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if people are really keeping it up to code and doing the inspections they need to do. Probably not. Probably not. Until somebody died. There was a high rise apartment I seen in New York. And, uh, Somebody was banging on the side of the uh, the apartments like, hey, hey, get out of there. Get out of there. And then some lady was like, what? And when she opened her window, half the building or the outside of the building was split open. It was splitting from the building. That's crazy. It was splitting. And then literally the fire department, everybody, they said, like they said, leave your cars there. Nobody can get in your car. They evacuated everybody. And then they ended up having to like collapse part of that building and put it back up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is insane. And it was brick. Yeah. You know how brick will give you the illusion that it's better than what it is because yeah. the integrity doesn't drop too much. You can have a house made out of brick from 115 years ago, mm-hmm. but it don't look so bad, right? Because yeah. yeah. all you got to kind of do with brick is brick just still look like brick. Yeah, when it get kind of worn down, it still has a, like a nice aesthetic to it. You could clean up brick too. Mm-hmm. If you probably, I don't know if you sand it or whatever you do, but you could do something to brick. Mm-hmm. But it's this, probably it's probably easy to replace too because they're just like slayed in there and then they put the little mm-hmm. whatever cement yeah cement around it mm-hmm. man yeah. oh my god so just just be be careful out there folks yeah man and Stop before submarines yeah and and you know another thing too is this is what I would advise people to do don't just jump on a trend like take some time to think about what you're doing before you put stuff on social media because sometimes we see things and the situation will be very serious. And But because we've seen a couple memes, we like laughing at them, now we sharing stuff, and it's like, mm. look, at the end of the day, I'm not telling anybody how to have social media etiquette, but mm. like, you do realize it was a 19-year-old that died on that fucking sub. Yeah, man. And you know, like you said, he didn't even initially want to go. Mm-mm. Yeah. So like, let's have some... And I think it's true that both parties should have empathy. I've seen a lot of people... That's like, oh, you know, man, fuck them, man. Nobody care about them. They stepped on people to be able to have the opportunity. And it's like not every rich person has that. And even if they did do that and it's wrong, at the same time, bro, everybody is deserving of some level of empathy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like if you if you got your money the legal way, whether you stepped on somebody or not, like it is no reason for me to be making fun of somebody dead. Yeah. That's and I, I just think, too, like when I heard about the story. And how it was trending, I was just like, man, you, you really thinking about they, like what life would be like if you knew that you were going to die? Mm. Like it just not, nothing you, you can do. do. You can't swim. You can't, you know, scream for help. No. There's not nothing that we got in the regular world. You can't call nine one one. You just know that you know your last moments is 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 gonna you know is going to be any time. And then the the ship implodes. So. Yeah, it was interesting seeing James Cameron. He was kind of yeah, like at the forefront he, of like the news and he, stuff. Well, James Cameron went there initially himself. Mm-hmm. 
He went to visit the, but that was in like 2000 and, oh no, it was before that. Was it 98? You mean when he shot the movie or after that? Big before. James mm. Cameron went down there to the Titanic. Mm. I know he is a submariner. Mm-hmm. You said what? He's a sub, like he do, he does that, like he goes submarining. I guess. Really? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. hold on. Let me see. Yeah, he made the movie. James so. Cameron, Titanic. I wonder if this kind of sparked some more interest in the movie. Because the movie is already highest selling movie. He probably, he probably, what if he doing all this just to promote Titanic? I mean, he's going to probably, they're going to come out with a sequel, Titanic. <laughs> and it's Titanic meets Fast and the Furious. <laughs> the cold part about it is like, <laughs> that's crazy. But the cold part about it is like, um, you know, you, you're researching or you're going to see like this spectacle, this huge, this huge ship that, you know, was was so the story is just so huge. Right. Um, and then I wouldn't say that your story eclipses it by kind of dying to go see it, but it just kind of eerie. Yeah. The way that, you know, it kind of you kind of. Well, die let, let's see how let's see how um, James Cameron kind of merged the two things, because mm-hmm. he might be coming out with like a, you know, Titanic sequel where fucking Jack actually lives. <laughs> All right. <laughs> James Cameron compares submersible tragedy to Titanic sinking. I'm struck by the similarity of the Titanic disaster. In quote, a renowned Hollywood director and Titanic researcher James Cameron has compared the tragic loss of the submersible Titan to a very thing that have that may have led to the Titanic to its own demise. Overconfidence that led to disaster. Cameron. Cameron, who uh, famously directed the Oscar-winning blockbuster Titanic, told ABC News on Thursday he noticed parallels between the 1912 sinking of the British passenger liner and the demise of the submersible designed specifically to visit what remains of the sunken ship. I'm struck by the similarity to the Titanic disaster itself, where the captain was repeatedly warned about the ice ahead of his ship. And yet he steamed up full speed into an ice field on a moonless night, Cameron said. And many people died as a result. And for us, and for us, very seemingly similar tragedy where warnings went unheeded to take place at the same exact site. Yeah, there, there he's got a point. Yeah. All right. Well, now what he could do is merge the two tragedies and create one mega film. That's Titan- Titanic Part Two is called Titan. And it's about the submersible, and it's years later about a group of five white men yep. and a few engineers that put this thing together, and then they just yeah. And now Jack, it, his spirit is under the water. <laughs> he's trying to warn them. <laughs> Jack is like a mermaid. Yep. And then Rose, actually, she passed away, so now her spirit is with Jack, and she's like, Jack, we have to warn them. We have to stop them from coming down here. Yeah. And then they get halfway, and they see Jack and Rose swimming towards them yeah. in their 1912 garment. Right, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh my God, please, you have to go up!" And then they're yeah. like, "What? Who is that? Who's down here swimming?" Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, now and from then it, this fades to black. Yeah, and uh, then they're gonna is Leo in the movie? Yeah, Leo. Leo is Jack. Yeah, like yeah, the Jack. old old Leo, or is it, he's is he? Did he like? Because you know when your body freezes, it, it tends to like conserve itself. Mm. So he still might be that. However, yo, 16, 17 year old. Yeah, he's been frozen in time. So he's yeah. spirit Jack. I mean, spirit Rose because she came, you know, she remanifested herself in that ship. And and at the end, when they implode, they just end up on the ship and everyone's standing in the middle of the ship mm-hmm. with, with, you know, lights and fun. <laughs> now the ship is like back up at sea floating. Dang. It's Dang. almost like a Bermuda Triangle situation. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's crazy. That'd be it's a, a wild story. Yeah. I know somebody's writing that right now. Like the because the way it connects to the Titanic is pretty crazy. Yeah, man. So you could literally just start it where that movie ends, you know? Yeah. There's so many things that I, I just shared something on Instagram too, where the, there was these styrofoam cups, right? Mm-hmm. And on the styrofoam cup, one of the guys that went down in a submersible to see Titanic, he would bring these cups with him and he put the year and he put like 2005 Titanic and he put the name of himself or, or the crew members. Mm-hmm. And he brought these styrofoam little foam cups. And he brought them down on the submersible with him. And when you go so far, the styrofoam cups go from full size and they shrink down to the size of a thimble. God dang. Yeah, that's how much pressure is happening down there. So he brings them up as souvenirs. Mm -hmm. And it has like the year in it and it has that. And I'm just like, man. That is so crazy, man. Like just the science of like that that water water pressure and all that that goes into uh, just – you know, and even the toll it takes on your body, I would imagine. Because mm-hmm. we as we as humans, like when we go up the grapevines, our ears is popping. Yes, that's a so great fucking point. I could only imagine what it feels like on your body to be going down that deep in the water. Oh my it's crazy, god, man, dude, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, and you, you made a good point about the Mariana Trench, where you said it's the deepest that we have found. Mm-hmm. But what we need to understand is the is the ocean. Mm-hmm. Literal ocean is eighty percent undiscovered. Yeah, we've only discovered twenty percent of the ocean. We we, we we have discovered more planets and outer space than we have the oceans that's right here. That's fucking we nuts. See, we can see out into the sky. You know, they've been doing astro like what is it, astrology for years, like back right. in the Plato days and all that. They've been looking up, yeah, and connecting. You know. You know, like didn't even stuff. the slaves use the stars? Uh, yeah, yeah, like North Stars to see where yeah, they was going. Yeah, they called the Big Dipper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that, isn't that what Harriet Tubman used? I don't know if she used a Big Dipper, but I know there's a thing called like the North Star, and mm-hmm. I don't know how you know I don't know not much about stars yeah. in that capacity, but mm-hmm. I know that they they did use that as like a guiding light to let them know where they was going. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. That's that crazy. is a trip. <clears throat> that is a trip, and it's like the prequel to all this, you know, the science and stuff, and the, all this American science, like. Way back, they were using things. Mm-hmm. Like even the it, there's no, I don't think there's any. There, ha, there is. Uh, the Egyptians had some hieroglyphics that mm-hmm. highlighted different planets and mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like fuck, yeah. Because you can see when you the thing about it, like we have so much pollution now, and we have pollution from our cars, and we have mm-hmm. pollution from the technology we use, and then we also have light pollution, mm-hmm. which is like um, light pollution is like. Our cities are lit up, especially at nighttime. Our yes. cities are super lit up, so it makes it difficult to see the uh, the stars when when there's like you know I don't know how like the light that we use defra- like it deflects or diffracts or whatever mm-hmm. the the star the light that's coming from the stars. Um, so I say that to say back in the day when it's not you know when you have a freaking. Uh, you're using fire as light, and when you're using, you don't have these cities that are super lit up and all these mm. billboards and lights everywhere and stoplights. You know, you can see the sky a little yes. bit better. Oh yeah, and it's probably like you know when you you try to navigate things, you're like, oh okay, this star is always over here, mm-hmm. you know, so you can walk towards it or whatever. You can test this theory right here in town if you go anywhere, like you go past Arvin or. Uh, you know, uh, like in the Shafter area or whatever, towards like the rural area where it's mm-hmm. very rural, like farm country, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of lights out there and it's dark, then that sky will light everything up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you'll be like, holy shit. It's like, super bright out here. Yeah, it's, it's 
dark, yeah. but it's bright. Like the the sky is lighting up that whole mm-hmm. deal. I'm sure you've been on the ten too, where you like, dang, it's all kind of stars out here, but it's just it's just land pretty much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been some places. Where I was just like, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah. yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go ahead and close this conversation. I'm pretty sure we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah. Shout out to James Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. James Cameron really found a way to. Um, create a sequel <laughs> okay <laughs> but i mean he 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 is a legitimate voice because he literally dived he was literally he went fun. down there he went down there yeah. i don't remember the year he went though mm-hmm. i would imagine it was probably right before they start shooting shooting the movie titanic just so he can get he can get that understanding of you know how how crazy that crash was so mm-hmm. you know let me see what year holy fucking shit Mm-hmm. This is even crazier. James Cameron has visited Titanic wreckage 33 times. Oh, dang. This nigga's crazy. Uh, so there's a way to do it. <laughs> That's the crazy part. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, James Cameron has visited ti- Titanic wreckage 33 times. Here's what he said about the Titan. Oh, my God. What did he say? We already said, called what he said. but it's oh. like, Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's just, I didn't know he visited 33 times. And he mm-hmm. visited in 98. Mm-hmm. When did that movie come out? Uh, wait, hold on, hold on. Let me go back. Uh, let me see. Uh, best picture. Oh, one best picture in '98. He must have went in '96 or '97. Dang. Let's see here. When did James Cameron visit Titanic? For his expedition, Titanic wreck. Da, da, da. 1997. The movie came out. Yeah. So he he must have went before that. Yeah, I would imagine he probably went. Ninety five, right here. Yeah. Cameron first visited the wreck of the Titanic in nineteen ninety five, two years before the film. Yeah. His film by the same name was released and has returned multiple times since. This dude, thirty three times. He's there's no way this guy's gonna do one film after visiting thirty three times. He's yeah. trying to find every angle. He's trying to find every. Oh, you think he's? You think he's gonna do like another movie? I think he's gonna do something. I think the only thing you could do in regards to the Titanic is. Um, maybe right. the maybe maybe the post stories of the Titanic, mm-hmm. or possibly the prequel to the Titanic, or maybe the origin stories of each main character you can do, like but, Rose and Jack, like the yeah. origin stories of them. But that stuff is made up, though. I know it's all fake. I know. Yeah, but I, I would say, especially knowing because like he's he's making like two more Avatar movies, mm-hmm. um, so I think. I think he just has a like the, the with that natural white curiosity where he just like you know just wants to discover or learn more and more about the Titanic. Mm. But I will say though that as a screenwriter, um, this new version of the Titanic sequel or whatever that is, like however however many years later, um, this could, this is potentially like an amazing story. Mm. I don't know much about the people, but you talk about the. How the way Titanic is set up is people, you know, they they build this this huge um, indestructible uh, ship and then you create these relationships about, you know, Jack and Rose and, and all these other people that are like, you know, and then you talk about the classism and all this other stuff and you kind of mm-hmm. put that into a movie. I, the 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 theme of the movie is correct, but the, the characters are kind of like, you know, created. Mm. But um, you do that same thing with the five people that were on there. The 19-year-old kid that has, like, this strained relationship with his dad, but he just mm. want to make his dad proud. 
And then I don't know about the other people, but you just start to like, you know, create these or develop these these uh, relationships. And then you take them all the way down. And then the finally when, you know, the kid makes his dad proud, the ship just implodes. And then it's like, you know, the credits roll. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think you guys, for those that may not know what an implosion is, it is just basically when there's so much pressure um, from going down there. And there's a more... There's a better scientific way to like a definition. Yeah, of definition it. of it. Yeah, it's basically you're almost like taking the air out of something. Yeah, it's like it's going from from one extreme to the next in such a drastic way that it just flattens it, and it's it's happening within like this is less than a second. They said mm-hmm. that it's yeah. just like if you go boom, it's quicker than that. Yeah, it's like most of the things that we see explode, like grenades and all that. Yeah. But this is the opposite, where things kind of like, you know, push in in that way. So, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's, uh, here's the definition of an implosion for those every day. Um, an instance of something collapsing violently inward. Um, and it says a sudden failure or collapse of an organization or system. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be a little more nuance to that. Um, underwater. Okay. Uh, what is an implosion and what would it been like for the Titanic sub or Titan sub? Um, and here it says it here. And it also talked about the heat element of it. Uh, where is it at? The deep sea crush appears to have crushed 22 foot. Da, 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 da. No. Oh, man. This sucks. I hate it. <laughs> they also talked about the heat like the the that was comparable to like the heat of the sun. Yeah. Inside of the sub. Oh yeah, you did say that. Like yeah. it just got super hot in there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, just a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like I don't that that these are the type of the true stories. I'm sure somebody is like gearing up or buying or I don't know if you could buy the rights to it, but you know, they writing that story right now. Cause we you think about all the movies that have been made about tragic events. You got to think about that movie. Um, it was like 200 and something hours where the guy had to cut his arm off. Um, oh, yeah, he stuck by in a rock. Yeah. Or like, you know, people climbing Mount Everest and, you know, all these like tragic events. Um, and they turn them into movies. All they do is like add a love story to it. And then, you know, they, they kind of fluff up the true events of the story. And then they make these these amazing movies. So I could see this one being just like that. But, yeah, yeah it's I crazy. What I don't <coughs> want before we move on, I just don't want to cheat our listeners out of uh, information in regards to this. Uh, 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 uh. What's the next search effort? Okay, no. I said that when James Cameron was like, when he became interested in the Titanic, it wasn't actually because of the movie. He was just infatuated with the wreck itself, and then really? I guess he. Uh, <clears throat> it says. Uh, I'll read it in the Wikipedia. It says, uh, James Cameron had long had a fascination with shipwrecks, and for him, Titanic was the Mount Everest of shipwrecks. He was almost past the point in his life when he felt he could consider an undersea expedition, but he said he still had a mental restlessness to live the life he had turned away from when he switched from science to the arts in college. So when the IMAX film, when the IMAX film was made, from footage shot of the wreck itself, he decided to seek Hollywood funding to pay for an expedition and to do the same thing. 
It was not because I particularly wanted to make a movie, Cameron said. I wanted to dive to the shipwreck. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I think after seeing it, he wrote the movie. Dang. Okay. I think I think I found this one here. Mm -hmm. Hold on. And then some of you were messaging me and commenting on my videos saying, what if an animal hit it on the way down? So most sea creatures cannot go down that far. They too cannot handle the pressure of those depths. But this kind of gives you a description of what animals you will see the further down you go. This ain't the one. It basically was describing the the like the sequence of events prior to the implosion. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's showing different animals that can't make it down there either. Dang. Yes. Yeah, can't really breathe. Oh, I guess not breathe, but just the pressure of of being that deep. Yep. Dang it. But due to the fact, like I feel like there's limited. Uh, I feel like I'm a person that that could express things, mm-hmm. um, but if I'm not, I don't know all the nuances of it. I don't mm-hmm. really try. I like to leave it that to the experts. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let me see power. Oh, hold on, I think I found it. Really are grasping the power behind the implosion of the submarine. It literally the surrounding water flash boiled to a temperature hotter than the surface of the sun. That is insane. It it compressed faster than half a millisecond. The entire 22 foot vessel just. And half a millisecond. The people inside absolutely eviscerated. People are like, oh, are they going to try to recover the bodies? There are no bodies. They are gone. They are a mist. There is nothing left. They're like, it's very morbid, but they, they're, you wouldn't be able to recover a body part, much less a body. They are gone. But if it's any consolation, they died before they were able to suffer because they died on their descent. And also they died faster than their brain can even comprehend that they're dying. Like it wasn't like water was spewing and they're like, oh no, we're drowning and the water level rises. No, it was so instantaneous. Their brain didn't even have time to register what was happening. So it was quick and painless, but still, gee, the, the power of, of the depth, the pressure at that depth is crazy. Okay. Dang. Fucking nuts. He explained it a lot better than we could in that moment. Yeah. But that is why it's not really great to put memes Mm-hmm. <laughs> when somebody is fucking imploding and they've turned into a mist, literally, and with an implosion, that thing caved on top of them. Mm-hmm. So that thing, it's it's almost like an explosion that's inward. That's probably the best way I could explain it. Yeah. Insane. Fucking mm-hmm. nuts. All right. Switching gears. Woman takes a coworker on a date due to him having low self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And here is the story. All right. Woman takes co-worker on a date after hearing he hadn't been on a date in years. Charlotte, North Carolina. There is a woman who knew her co-worker hadn't been in a relationship in several years. She felt bad. So she shared what he what she did for him with the world. She wrote, he was telling me now he hasn't been out or in a relationship in six years. He doesn't think that he's attractive. She went on to write, I asked him out on a date last weekend and he was shocked. You never know how kind a kind gesture can impact a person. Oh, and that's what she put, right? But here's the thing, man. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why I don't like it is because receiving sympathy from a woman is not okay. Like, she doesn't really want to fuck this guy. She doesn't want to be with him. She's It's almost like her going to a hospital visiting a sick kid or something. Hmm. Like, that ain't right. If anything... 
if somebody's telling you that they don't feel that way or they don't feel confident about themselves, there's other ways that you could contribute besides taking them on a fucking pity date. Mm-hmm. That ain't it. Mm-hmm. That ain't it, man. It could more or less be like, hey, you know, if I knew a man that was going through this, it's more or less like, hey, man, have you thought about, you know, talking to somebody? You know, have you thought about what the heck? What the Oh, have you thought about talking to somebody? You thought about joining the gym? Have you thought about going to see a therapist? You know, whatever the case. But literally contributing to a person outside of pity. Pity does not help a man. Not mm-hmm. to mention, women are not attracted to a guy they feel sorry for. Mm-hmm. A woman can never be feeling sorry for you and be like, oh, my God, I want to fuck him so bad. Like, oh, my that's, gosh, I'm just so turned on by you being so sad and pitiful. Yeah, it's like, nah. <laughs> women just go out and get a puppy for that. They're not, they not trying to, you know what I mean? Nah. <laughs> so it's no, not no shame on him, but I don't like it. And also the fact that she fucking plastered his face all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is Bill. He can't get pussy. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me tell everybody about <laughs> it. Like, no, man. I'm not going to sleep with him, but we're going on this fancy date. Hey, look, we're not fucking. Hey, look, we're not fucking. No, dude. No, 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 no. No. And here's the thing, too. You need to be attracted to yourself for women to be attracted to you. And that, and I mean that not from like a physical standpoint, but from a standpoint of like, like I would fuck me, right? No homo, because, you know, it's not gay. A lot of people masturbate. Yeah. You're fucking yourself at that point. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm stroking my own piece. Ha Right. <laughs> this some good hand. <laughs> Get myself a hand up. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> masturbate myself. Yeah, but I think uh, I, I think this is a problem. I think we're too quick to plaster things on the internet that we shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. One of them being um, you going on a pity date. Another one giving food to the homeless or fucking money to the homeless. You see a homeless guy and be like, excuse me, sir. I'm just trying to be, you know, it was in my heart to give this to you, sir. Are you hungry, sir? And be like, and the homeless guy is, is oblivious that you're fucking recording him. Mm-hmm. He's like, I actually am, am. I am hungry. And he's like, here, take this sandwich. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, thank you. God bless you. And he'd be like, not a problem. But when you're a child of God like I am, mm-hmm. it's important to just like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know what people do when they do this, too? And this is the Internet for you. People on the internet do shit like this because they want to sell you an image. Yeah. They want to sell to their friends and people on the internet that, hey, look at me. I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. You know what good people do? Good people do things without looking for validation. Mm -hmm. That's what good people do. Do you know how many good people that no one recognizes until they die? Yeah. Think about this. I've seen this before. It'll be like an elderly lady that dies. She passes away. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people show up to her funeral, and they be like, "Oh my God, Mrs. J- Mrs. Jackson, she used to give me clothes. Yeah, Mrs. Jackson used to feed me and my family. Mrs. Jackson used to do a bunch of good deeds that she never looked for attention for. And everyone at the funeral or at the at wherever she's at, they're like, "Oh my God, she did this for me. She did this for me too. Yeah. But that's what real, like genuinely decent people don't look for affirmation. They just do shit. Yeah." It's a bunch of niggas on the internet like, look, I want you to look extra happy when I give you this sandwich, okay? They coaching them people. They coaching the homeless guy, and mm-hmm. he's and he probably on drugs. He's like, oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, sir. The sandwich is good. <laughs> I, I need to stop impersonating drug addict homeless people. That's not right. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, man. yeah. But no, I, I feel you. I think that um, it's one thing to like try to lift somebody up. Like I could, I could imagine like this same scenario without without all the promotion of it, um, and then without also it being like a trying to make it like a, a date date. If you just said like, hey, I want to take you out to eat, like you know, just show you a good time and make you laugh or whatever the case may be without all the the lights and the cameras and the action. I think that's, that's, I I don't see a problem with that because, you know, it's, we as human beings go through a lot and I'm sure he was, he had been going through a lot. And if she just did that out of the kindness of her heart to, you know, you could probably extend somebody's life or you can probably save somebody from suicide or something like that. Um, but when you start to like broadcast it and, and promote it and like you make it very, you make it very apparent that, there's nothing going on between us. Like this is just a, a guy that I work with that I'm just you know taking on this date. Then it starts to look kind of weird. That's like that's like the friend zone times twelve. Yeah, you just this is Bro, extreme. That's the, the that's the Titanic of the friend zones. Look here, man. And let me be very clear when I say this, and I don't mean to be fucked up, but a woman that will go on a pity date with you. And she probably just feels sad for you, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay, ladies. It's okay to feel empathy, but. You need to also understand that you shouldn't, it's almost not even emasculate the man, but don't go on a pity date. You don't owe him that. Mm-hmm. You don't You don't owe him shit. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you can feel sorry for him and be respectful and be kind and speak, speak you know, kind words to him, but don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't. Because I'm telling you right now, a woman that will go on a pity date because she likes you as a person will end her night by fucking a dude she doesn't even like. Dang. A woman will go on a pity date with a dude like this and go home and fuck Andrew Tate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. <laughs> like, it's the truth. Yeah. But just the thing about it, the truth, the truth about it is this. Women, even if they don't like actually like a dude, if the dude is attractive and he's got some masculinity about himself, he could be a dick face. But women will gravitate to that dude before the dude that they feel pity for. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just the facts of life, sir. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would encourage this man. to. to I want to hear from him, though. What is his thoughts on this whole on this whole thing? I don't think his thoughts even matter because he's been plastered all over the fucking Internet. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassed it, now. Huh? It's probably it's, embarrassing. it's probably a, a different level of uh, emotions now that he's just like you said, like he's kind of like a he's like he's been promoted as this like, you know, can't get right type of dude. So. I don't know. But uh, good luck to him, man. Shoot. I think we, he's, a, he's a perfect person to, to pay for some pay for some vagina. Yeah, just start paying for pussy, man. Yeah. Save up your money. Where do they work at? Does it say? No, I didn't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Save up your, take your little 401k out and, you know, get you some 401, some 401 punani. Something. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, when you're a big guy like that, too, you're going to have to change your life because truth be told, Everybody has their pick of the, the everybody like are, is attracted to what they're attracted to. But from just generally speaking, there are people who are conventionally attractive. If you're anywhere near that or kind of on that plane, then mm-hmm. you're going to get laid. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm not a player, but I can still get girls. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. There's some dudes that just exist on a plane where they don't they don't get no girls because women aren't even looking at them. And if they do look at them, they're like, he's like my brother. He's like a teddy bear. And it's like, I don't, th- I think now with dating apps, like it don't even, not that it don't matter what you look like, but even if you are considered like a one, like I feel like you're going, 
you gonna match with somebody, right? Nope, that's not how it works. Dating apps have been proven to be lopsided, where it's eighty percent women and twenty. It's eight. It's twenty percent women and eighty percent men. And those. And this has been proven recently. I've seen this study. Mm-hmm. There's eighty percent men on dating apps. Only twenty percent of women. And those twenty percent of women only want the top zero point one percent of dudes on there. So there's there are men who fit the. Yeah, you know, conventional. I mean, I these are statistics, but I yeah. think I've I've had my whole roommate use like he wouldn't. He, I don't think he would even consider himself conventionally handsome. He mm-hmm. was like, like five three, maybe kind of a stocky Hispanic dude, um, and he had. One day I came home from class and he had some girl in the room with him, and the girl was she didn't look that great, mind you, but um, I was just like, okay, that's good to see you. You know, mm-hmm. handle your business, man. So yeah. I guess I don't know. A few moments later, <laughs> you know the cold part. Me and my uh, my other roommate, we would laugh at a, about it all the time because uh, I think he got a little bit embarrassed because he like imagine you know it's like three of us in the in the in that in the house or the uh, the apartment. Um, imagine this dude, you know, he don't get a lot of action, so mm-hmm. this was kind of like you know it was just kind of cool for him to have a female over, mm-hmm. but he got his door all open. Which is a no no. You don't want to close your door because you don't want no, no you don't want no attention on yourself. Hell no. But he might have I don't know, he probably was just slipping. So we go in there and you know, I go to my room and I'm like, oh dang, like, you know, I I just like I don't I might I just was minding my business because I'm like, you know, it's a female in there, handle your business. And um I think when we all kind of came into the the house and we just start moving around and stuff like that, and he realized his door was open and he realized the girl wasn't she didn't look that great. I think he got a little bit embarrassed, and he kind of like you know he ended the night a little bit early, and he Chipping, just told man. her to, to go on. But you got to handle your business. Yeah, I ain't, ju- I ain't judging you in that way. You got to get your rocks off sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you look back and you be realizing that you cock blocked yourself. Mm, I've definitely cock blocked myself. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you could just start talking too much, and now you done cock block yourself. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when women want to do something with you, they just they don't want any bullshit. They just want it to just. They just want you to just kind of like keep it very vanilla, very basic. Yeah. Don't try to say too much, do too much. And then y'all yeah. can have fun and move on. Yeah. I can I can probably count on my hands how many times I cock block myself. Yeah, I've talked myself out of pussy a few times. Yep. Yeah, yep. for sure. All I had to do was be quiet and just agree with everything she was saying. Yep, that's the key to it right yep. there. Yep. You, get, you get the draws like that. Yep, because if you, if, you, if you are about the mission, then you cannot divert from it. Yeah. Like if a woman says something stupid and you know you just want to, you know, have fun, don't like challenge it. Yeah. It's like, so you don't agree that we should save the whales? You'd be like, oh, I, yeah. I, I definitely agree. But if you say like, I mean, shouldn't we be saving other animals too? That's going to cock block you. Yeah. Right there. You can't, you can't really what like. About, what about tigers? You know, it's, it's tough though, because <laughs> especially, you know, we on a podcast, so we know how um, when you're talking for an hour and a half, how like your opinions just start to you know just start to come out. Yep. But as long as you, if as a man, as a young man coming up, if you mindful of that, like don't really share your, don't share your religious beliefs, don't share your political beliefs. Just like you said, keep it very vanilla. Don't even disagree if she like you know Grey's Anatomy and you hate that show. Just roll with the punches, man. <laughs> you might want to start watching the show from a new perspective. Yeah, yeah. it was like I watched it for three minutes yesterday. <laughs> Greatest three minutes I've seen in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ultimately, I will say this, though. Um, folks, just work on yourself. Be attractive to you. And then also be careful who you divulge your personal information to. Mm-hmm. 
Because in her mind, she thought she was doing something good. But you just start bleeding out all your information and pouring everything out. And, and it, just, it just didn't work out well because she took you on a pity date. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that ain't, that ain't it. Yeah, that man. That ain't it. That's Sometimes, you know what I noticed? Sometimes either one or two things women do. When women actually like you, they try to ask you certain questions to like get you to start pouring out information. That's when you really keep it very vanilla and don't tell them shit. Mm-hmm. Like it was the other day, I was over at the store. I was at Smart. Oh, what was I at? Was it Smart and Final? I think it was Smart and Final. I was at Smart and Final, and it was a chick that was uh, checking me through her uh, through her line. Mm-hmm. And uh, we and I came in there a few times before work just to grab a few things to eat. And she was like, "So, um, so what do you do for fun?" And I'm thinking like. That's not a professional question to ask a customer. Yeah, I had some familiarity. With not too much. Just mm-hmm. just in the line and mm-hmm. for a couple seconds. I said, what do you do for fun? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I do this and that. Mm-hmm. You know? That's all you said? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 I do this and that. You yeah. Know? You know? And she was like, oh, okay. And I was like, yeah. Because she was like trying to like get with me. Yeah. And you could tell. It's not yeah. like she was being <clears throat> super overly familiar, but mm-hmm. you could tell. But and she's not a bad looking girl. She looks pretty good. But I seen how she was dealing with customers, mm-hmm. and that turned me off. Mm. She was so fucking rude. Yeah, she was so fucking rude to a customer one day, and mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm not with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but yeah, this and that. Yeah, yeah. You but know those that's cra- the crazy part about it. Like that that in, instead of like really opening up. Like, yeah, actually, uh, you know, I really like going to the gym. Sometimes I go visit my family, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, that this and that answer sometimes is more attractive. More, yeah. He'd be like, dang, that's crazy. Less is yeah. more to women. women. Women are attracted to men they have curiosities about. When you divulge too much, then they, they lose attraction. It's weird, but you learn yeah. that later on. Like, it was this chick that at a, at a, at a, uh, it's a store down the street from my job. And she was like, "So, you, like, like you have you have kids? Are you married or whatever like that?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, nothing serious at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I could have said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm single, mm-hmm. right?' But instead of saying that, I just said, "Yeah, I'm nothing serious at the time." Yeah, it's and, crazy too because like sometimes when you do divulge stuff about yourself, the woman could just make an assumption. Yeah. And she may not necessarily her her ideals may not align with what your what your hobby is. So mm-hmm. if you be like. Yeah, actually, you know, um, on the weekends I like to go shooting with my buddies and stuff like that. And she might, oh God, he's conservative. Or, yeah, you know, she made me go. <laughs> and it's like you know, talk yourself out of getting some. You, know what I'm <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't say nothing that aligns with nothing. Yeah, it's just some, like you said, some very vanilla, straight down the middle conversation. Women will ask you things. Well, not just some people. I'll just say in, mm-hmm. in certain situations. But like, let's say, for example, there's a woman that has an interest in you. She'll be like. So what do you think about guns? These guns are crazy. You'd be like, oh, actually, I have a, a SD9V and an AR-15. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, what? They'd be like, yeah, yeah, I have two guns. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, lose my number. Yeah. Lose got, my number. You got to wait till you knock it down. Then you can have a little bit. You got you to gotta knock it down, but you got you to gotta perform really well. You'll be like, ah. <sighs> man, I just bought this bazooka last night. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you know what? I don't like guns. I love dick. (laughs) (laughs) You can shoot up my club any night. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Oh my God. Yeah, 
that's, that's wild. Because you you see that a lot, though, believe it or not. Yeah. Like, very, you see, like, very liberal women, and they be dating some of them conservative dudes. They act like they don't. Yeah. I I, I mean, I would, for the sake of transparency, and this might get me in trouble later on in life, but whatever. Um, I was talking to this girl. She was, like, super liberal. Like, I mentioned her before, and um, I basically said, I told her one day we were having a conversation and I was like, yeah, man, um, you know, I don't have, I'm like, I'm not homophobic or anything like that. But, you know, uh, according to the Bible, um, being gay is a sin. And that, that like, not in a, I didn't say it in a, like a judgmental way. I was right, just right, saying right. like what it was. And then that was like, that was like the end all be all. World War Three. Huh? Yeah, it didn't, it didn't really work out like that. And I was, I was trying to very hard to uh, crack that one, but it didn't. It didn't work out because we. She said we have. We don't have anything in common. Like our ideals are different. It just all from there. Was there any dialogue? Um. Yeah. Like we. We actually got along like pretty good. Like we chop it up all the time. Like you know, and like text and talk on the phone and stuff like that. And then that was like one of the. It was like, you know, probably. Uh, our ideology didn't really align, but it wasn't really that our ideology didn't align. It was just more so like, and that's. I think yeah. you probably could have went without mentioning that only because you don't have any biases towards gay people. Yeah, and I think you know, but I, I just got like too comfortable. I guess yeah, you know, you're yeah. just chopping it up and you just say certain things. But true, yeah, and that's kind of like that's, that's the cock block of the century. The cock block of the century. Yeah, she's so like, well, actually, my brother's gay. And, you know, I think that the Bible got it wrong right there, and yeah. we don't have anything else to talk about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I couldn't save myself. I was like, man, my cousin, I went to his wedding and all this stuff. It That's kind of like, like you, you turn into like the white guy that says, that but, but I have black friends. My friend is black. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but my, I grew up with Tyrone. He's a really great guy. Yeah. So... It's, like, it's kind of like when, when you say something like that, they can't hear anything else you said after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I, I know I called you a nigger, but my friend Tyrone, <laughs> we went to church together. We're like, hey yeah. man, it's too late. Yeah, man. So yeah, that was yeah. So it's too late. You called me gay and black. <laughs> for, yeah, for the guys out there, man, just shut up. Don't say nothing. Just nod your head and agree. Laugh at all their jokes. <laughs> Make sure you say your favorite color is her favorite color. You know what's funny sometimes when and there's some women that are fucking hilarious that mm. really have really good banter and they're. The humor is super on point, mm. but the, there's a complete opposite where it's the girl that's like not funny at all. Yeah, and like in your mind, all her jokes are bombing. Yeah, like she say something in your mind, it's like wah wah wah. <laughs> I never, I've never, <laughs> I've never actually had that experience. Oh my where like god, where a girl is trying to be funny like that. Oh my god, mm. I've had it, and it's and it's and it's tough yeah. because you catch yourself giggling at something that's not funny, and it Dang. gets awkward. Yeah. Yeah, like that's that's crazy. But yeah, I could imagine that being like this girl. Is it's not like funny each joke is bombing. It's like new sound effects. Like, <laughs> Just stop. Somebody, please make it stop. Press the mute button on this remote, please. You throwing freaking tomatoes and popcorn. At oh it. my god, man. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's switch gears. Switching gears. A 123-year-old virgin still hoping to lose her virginity. Mm-hmm. This is a wild story, man. I really feel bad for this lady. Mm-hmm. Um, 123-year-old virgin still hoping to find a willing partner. There are many reasons why someone would want to remain a virgin, and there is nothing wrong with the choices that each individual makes for themselves. While waiting un- until marriage is a common concept amongst many cultures, uh, her name is Theresia Nakanjuba. 
It's like an African name. Um, situation is a little more complicated. In a now viral video, Theresia is a Rwandan woman aged 123 years old, was given the opportunity to explain her unique situation and tell viewers why she is still a virgin at this late age. According to Theresia, her culture does not allow women to date men and, and instead a woman has to be introduced to a man by their family. Unfortunately, her fa her family has never introduced her to a man and thus she was never able to fulfill her desires. Oh, that's fucked up. She also admits to being quite scared of powerful men and turned away possible suitors because of this. Because of this. You can watch the full interview here. Oh, that's sad. At this age, she probably need to stay a virgin because if she get with somebody too young and they smash her, she going to die, bro. Dang. She going to die from dick. Man. She'd be satisfied, though. That'll be it. That's a way to go out. Yeah. Jesus. Imagine, though. He's like, here, we found man for you. He's a 52-year-old man. <laughs> and then he go in there, he be in there like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. And then cobwebs come off. We found you a mandingo. <laughs> he has a big cock. <laughs> uh, we find big dick for you. A lot of time, a lot of people say a 123-year-old woman have problem getting sex for somebody. We found somebody for you right now. He a really big penis. <laughs> He from New Jersey. <laughs> he from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. Old black old lady from from Rwanda is on mm -hmm. an episode of uh what's the porno blacked? Dang She's pornos, man. That's crazy. Oh my <laughs> god. It'd be like grandma versus BBC. <laughs> god damn. Damn. That's wild. But I think this is this is kind of well. I don't want to shit on anybody's belief system because some people really there's some people that wait until marriage to have sex. Mm -hmm. But the most the <clears throat> most people don't wait until marriage to have sex because truth be told, they testing out the car. What do you do before you buy a car? You test drive it. Yeah, test drive it. Yeah. Do you just get in any car and say, I want that car? Mm -hmm. Have you test drove it? No, I haven't. But I want that car. Are you sure you want that car? How do you know you want that car? Because I have faith in that car. Yeah. And then you get in the car and the fucking engine blows up. Mm -hmm. Right? That's how people look at sex. They don't want to admit it. But mm -hmm. people want to test drive each other before they get married. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's the truth. Yeah. And there's some there's some of these uh, born-again virgin people, too. <laughs> it's <laughs> like if you was out here fucking and now you're not fucking. Yeah, ain't no such thing. As ain't no such again. thing as that. Yeah. You can't be born-again virgin. Yeah. That pussy don't snap back. Not like that. Yeah. He's had some experience now. <laughs> yeah. You can't you can't just do you can't get a car, right? This, this is not like like cars don't have um pronouns. <laughs> like you got a car that's from nineteen ninety eight. Like I identify as a new car, okay? <laughs> you can't fucking tell me. <laughs> I know the odometer says 175,000 miles, mm -hmm. but I identify as a twenty twenty-three Tahoe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. I think um I think somebody will bless her though. This this African woman. I could see somebody out there just kind of wanting to like to be a part of her making history. 
because it says in there, I, I just kind of skimmed through the article, but it's, it was saying something along the lines of like she didn't even want to get close to a man growing up just because of her uh, her beliefs and stuff like that. And it's just like, but that that's the cold part. You go, <clears throat> you go 123 years without having no form of like relationship with a man. That's tough, bro. Yeah. And, and anybody that's fucking 123 year old woman is going to be judged for it. Yeah. Cause you can't. She don't got that, bro. She that thing might be sealed up, man. Dry, huh? It might be sealed up, man. Yeah. You might need a whole bucket of KY to get in there. <laughs> See, slavery was still legal when she was around. <laughs> God damn. Her birth certificate. I mean, her uh, her ID really say nineteen hundred. That's crazy, yeah. man. Oh my god. That's a trip. She's like she literally is like not just the descendant of slaves. She's like the. She's like the cousin of, mm-hmm. a, of a slave. Mm-hmm. Like not even she could be the younger. She African though. She ain't she ain't no slave. She African. I know she's not yeah. a slave, but she could still. But like just say time wise, mm-hmm. yeah. slavery ended in eighteen sixty five. Mm-hmm. So she could be like the the daughter of a slave. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking wild, yo. That's crazy. And here's the definition of born-again virgin. Also known as a secondary is a person who, after having engaged in sexual intercourse, makes some type of commitment uh, not to be sexually active again until marriage. The term has been used among evangelical and fundamentalist Christians um, who place a strong emphasis on abstinence from premarital and extramarital relations. Mm Mm-hmm. That's wild, bro. If I, I, I don't care how much, and this is going to sound very shallow and very fucked up. I don't care how much I like a girl. If she tells me I'm a born-again virgin, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Not because she wants to abstain from sex. I respect her for that. But the fact that you called yourself that, <laughs> you think that that's something that men, or just people in general got to deal with, we're we not doing that over here. Yeah. I hear you. We're not doing that over here. That's just like a nonsense, a nonsense word. Yeah, it's yeah. very nonsense. Yeah. yeah just say you had sex before and you you abstaining from sex now. Or yeah. you celibate or something like that. If now here's the thing. If I met a if and this this depends. If I met the woman that was a really decent woman and she had mentioned that she's just not having any relations and it's a personal reason why she doesn't want to do it, and she was awesome, I would just wait. I'd swear, I swear to God I would. Yeah. I would wait. But it's a limit. Okay, if he said, I need we need to wait one year. We need to wait a year and a half. Then I'm kind of like, why? What's going on? Mm-hmm. For a year and a half, everybody's got their own personal decisions. Mm-hmm. But especially it's a little different when you're older. Yeah. Because I think just people who naturally like each other, that's going to be a hard bargain. I do think when you're older, you could you probably get married a little faster, though. Maybe. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, I guess it depends on the situation. It depends. I think that if, if both men and women have seen enough life where they are able to evaluate people a little bit better, a little bit easier, that you meet a woman that's been through some shit and you've been through some shit and, you know, you like, yo. This, this just feels like. This feels right. This mm-hmm. woman is just knocking it out the park mm-hmm. over and over. Like, yeah, this time next year, I might need to go get a ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it'd be some people that'd be young. They'd be like 25, 24, and they'd be their girlfriend for 10 years. 
Yeah, it's, it's like, it's nigga, a, you, if you don't go out and marry this girl. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who's been dating this girl for like seven, eight years, mm-hmm. and he's barely getting married next year. So yeah, you did. I mean, I think it's. I think at that point, it's cold feet. Mm-hmm. Respectfully, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. But it's like, damn. He said, "Well, everybody got their own time frame." It's like, bro, if you only understood. If you only understood how difficult it is to meet decent, regular people in this world, you got a woman you've been with for three years, four years, mm-hmm. whatever, five years, however long it take, y'all, you got to know, like, okay, we've had a lot more ups and downs. There's a bug in here. Yeah. The fuck is that? That might be crazy. Damn. It's one <laughs> of them Titanic bugs. <laughs> Titanic bugs. Yeah. Put a ring on it, man. Don't be afraid, fellas. It's, yeah. It, yeah, don't. Just don't be afraid. I know that sounds odd coming from a, a single guy, mm-hmm. but, dog, I, I got some homies that got good wives, bro. Mm-hmm. So I do believe in marriage. Yeah. Right? I do mm-hmm. believe in marriage, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times I don't. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of I think uh, in the past two, past year and a half, year and a few months, I'm having like three of my friends getting married. So oh, wow. love is in the air. Oh wow. For sure. What's the what's the wedding song? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Well, I mean there's nothing else I got on this. I just feel bad for the lady. Somebody gonna knock it down. I don't know what them Africans. No them Africans, man. Mm-hmm. She don't want one of them Africans to get on it. <laughs> This is going to be some regular villager dude. <laughs> going to pull his drawers down. <laughs> dick going to be to his knees. <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't think I am ready for this. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that much dick right now. 123 years dry. I, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> it be them old ancient. It just, it's, I guess it's normal for some of them African people, man. If they got like tribes of people that's real short, they got tribes of people that's real tall. Mm-hmm. They got tribes of people that's just everybody in the tribe got a dick to their knees. Yeah, you ever seen them history books? Yeah, and it'd be like a bunch of ladies with titties down here. Titties they got like hanging. a big yeah. old African booty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what is going on? Yeah, as little kids, you would definitely be like, because I'd be like, dang, they got titties in these books. Yeah, yeah. it would be crazy if you go. It's like you know the table of contents in the front. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the book. This is how they did when I was in school. It'd be like, it's oh, they t- let it, you know where it's at. It's titties on page fifty-seven. <laughs> Somebody uh, wrote it in there. Good looking. Yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> Remember when you checked a book out back in the day, and you had to have like a little slip card in the book. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, man. that's old. Oh, that's the uh, the little uh, the library. Yeah, that's how they used to like the stru- or I don't call it, like the system to check out the books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you would see like years, like you know, you could see this book was checked out like in the nineteen nineties, and you yeah. checking it out in the two thousands. You like, dang, that's crazy. This book been around for a minute. I need to go visit the library. I ain't been there in years, bro. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to renew your library card if it's been if it's been too long. Man, it's been. I don't even got that motherfucker no more. Yeah. But I think it's good to go to the library and check out a book, mm-hmm. like to, to to really find history about shit, like yeah, like documented history. You won't even find a lot of that stuff like in columns. Yeah, you know what I mean. If you want, or they f- don't have it in the um in like the Amazon store or whatever. Mm-mm, you want to exactly. You want to find out about like this country and its origin story, and mm-hmm. and you want to find out from a very unedited. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I for sure. I, I mean, side note, I was. <laughs> As as much as like the school library might have the the little African book or the 
the book with the Native Americans in there and they titties is out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I for sure was that horny little kid going into the art the art section of the the library and looking at all the figure drawings and there'd be women in there, you know, posing cuz you know, you're supposed to that's how you develop your drawing skills or drawing the human mm-hmm. figure by drawing people naked cuz the clothes you know, when you're drawing the clothes, uh, you don't actually understand, like, the muscles and the structure mm-hmm. and stuff like that, of the bones and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I would definitely go in the library and look at the little little uh, art books or the photography books with the naked the naked girls. In I there. didn't even know about that. Yeah. Damn. That's yeah, some, he was missing out. That's some extra. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All I know is, is, is probably my parallel to that would be when I was in fourth grade, we had a, a, a she was a, uh, what do you? Like a school psychologist. Mm-hmm. Her name was uh, Mrs. Tafoya. Mm-hmm. And I would like be in the office and just be standing there staring <laughs> at her. But she was she was really, she was younger. She probably was back then probably 24, 25 or something. Yeah. She was really young, but she was really attractive. Mm-hmm. And like, all the young boys would do that though. Yeah. And I think like. her With her specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mr. Foya was very pretty. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's still in the school system. If she is, she's definitely older like how old would she be oh man like 60 easily. some late 50s easily. late 50s because she was 25 and this was in fucking 25 and 95 mm-hmm. think just do the math mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's a Dang. trip i have some teachers that i think about now and i'm like dude she's she's well into her 40s mm-hmm. you know what i mean because if i'm 38 i had a teacher that was 27 when I was uh, in a senior at BHS named Mrs. Oh, my God. What the fuck was her name? It'll, it'll come to me. But you got uh, to... When you actually think about it, she ain't that much older than you. No. Yeah. No. She, so she probably was like 40 set. Like what, 47? Yeah, 47, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, she's still she's still in her prime a little bit. Yeah, bro. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I haven't. I wonder. Sometimes I wonder about some of the teachers. I wonder about. Uh, I had a teacher named Roger Stillman. He was in architectural drafting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was there when you were there. Yeah, he was there. Mm-hmm. He was. He was there after I was there. Are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Oh my some God. of the some of those teachers do be still looking like good afterwards, but some teachers get washed. Like oh life just God. happens, and then they kind of just lose. They kind of lose a grip. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Dang, Mister. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for not going back to see him. He really, he was a really cool guy. Yeah, that's one one thing I wish I did better as a. Because um, the teachers really want you to come back, dude. Yeah, because you know they 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 really take a liking to you. So um, yeah, I've, I mean that's my advice to uh, anybody that like if a teacher really gravitates towards you, like literally just showing up or sending them an email on a birthday or whatever the case may be. Like sometimes. That could like brighten up their day, so that's definitely something I want to do better at. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I remember I called my third grade teacher, and I just talked to her for like thirty minutes, and she was just—it's uh, actually Brian Hook's mom, Mrs. Hooks. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I talked to her for like 20, 20 minutes. It was like during COVID, um, but she was really like excited to talk to me, you know. And she sees my mom all the time because my mom works; she takes pictures for the school, so you know she would see my mom and she would ask about me and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it's, real, it's, it's always good to, like, you know, keep tabs on your teachers and yeah, see man. how they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go ahead and move on. Switching gears. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk may have a potential fight in the octagon. Yes, you heard it. Two nerds slugging it out, <laughs> fighting it out. All right. 
Dana White, Mark Musk, and uh, and Zuckerberg dead serious about fighting in the UFC. Um, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are absolutely dead serious about fighting each other in the UFC octagon, and it would be the biggest fight in the history of the world, so says UFC President Dana White. Uh, Dana told Dana told Harvey and Charles on TMZ Live Thursday he's been talking and texting with Mark and Elon Wednesday night and into Thursday and says both men want to square off in Vegas. God damn. Uh, talked to Mark and Elon last night. Both guys were are absolutely dead serious about this, White said. Uh, it all started on Wednesday when Musk responded to a report Zuck was going to launch his own version of Twitter, to which Elon responded, I'm up for a cage match if, if he is. The Facebook founder got wind of the tweet and served up a message of his own writing, send me the location, by the way. <laughs> That's code in the world of UFC for he's really serious. Mm-hmm. So fight on. People weren't exactly sure if the men were just messing around. But alas, White says they're not. As for how big the event could be, Dana believes it could easily be the most watched fight ever, uh, saying the biggest fight of all time was Floyd and Connor. I just think it triples that. It triples what that did. There's no limit to what this thing can make. Mm-hmm. Now it shows Teller the tape. It shows Zuckerberg is 5'7". Uh, and Elon is six one. That's a that's a difference there. But Zuck is thirty nine and Elon fifty one. So I don't know, man. I don't know how this. And it says Zuckerberg is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and Elon is Karate Taekwondo Judo. Oh God! So that means Elon with his big ass, he could fucking slam Zuckerberg. I ain't never seen Elon do no type of physical. But activity. that's what I'm saying. It's a style of fighting. Yeah. So it says Zuckerberg Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and then uh, him it shows Karate Taekwondo Judo. I'm gonna tell you right now, dog. This is deeper than y'all think. If this fight was, I would a, say before. You, there's a correction though. The the biggest fight isn't Conor and Floyd. It's actually Conor and uh, Pacquiao. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's a slight correction. Okay. Um. This is bigger than what people think, and the reason why I say that is because you don't find too many people that are heads of companies that are like, you know what, motherfucker? Because there's been some times where Elon is kind of like echoed that Mark was a pussy low-key, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like little backhanded jokes and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And Mark was probably really like, bro, I'll really fuck you up. Yeah. Because I, I think Mark really trains. So yeah, Mark, be fighting. So for Mark, it's like, dude, like this guy really, like for the future of my company, I could really fuck him up. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about it is, is Elon got to be careful because if Elon don't got no hands, it's going to be a problem. Because for some reason, I feel like like Mark Zuckerberg could really do something, bro. He really be fighting. I mean, he really be training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you ain't been training, Elon, if you just been a straight nerd the whole time, <laughs> don't go in that octagon. Because if when when Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan and he was taking a, a hit of that weed in the stock market, stock plummeted. and the stock plummeted, no, imagine I- what would happened if Mark Zuckerberg snapped his arm. Yeah. Think about it. You think that this, you think the that he won't have a drop in stock if Mark got his ass and twist his arm and break it? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that shit'll be wild. <laughs> and you know, I'm telling you right now, it'll be it'll be a thing where people will literally be like, "Yo, I was gonna get that new Tesla, but after he got his arm, <laughs> stuck, I don't believe in it. I don't believe in that shit no more." <laughs> yeah, that. Oh man. Yeah. That'll be, and then now what'll happen is, is like it'll set a precedent. So if any back and forth is happening from these CEOs or whatever, they'll be like, let's let's settle in the octagon then. 
Yeah. Dana White going to be making bread, bread. Because like, you think about this, all these leadership positions, imagine if they just went in the octagon. Like if we seen a motherfucking, uh, you know, Bin Laden or Bush or mm-hmm. Bin Laden and Obama going at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Biden to get fucked up by anybody, though. He washed. He washed, bro. Yeah. If we had a Putin versus Biden, Biden would just fall down. He wouldn't even get hit. I feel like Trump would, I, I feel like Trump would beat up Biden. Trump. Trump, yeah, I think Trump would get him though. Yeah. Trump would beat him up. He just talking to death like, "You're a dog. You're a dog. <laughs> you're a, you're an animal." He wouldn't even have to punch him. <laughs> and then Biden would be like, "Oh, I can't hear. Oh, I can't hear." Oh. <laughs> Biden would just be falling down everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Biden would just fall down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but but no, but Biden could win if uh, on an accidental fall down and he fall on Trump's ankle and then Trump is like, "Oh, you dog. Oh." <laughs> 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 that's crazy yeah who knows yeah but i think uh i think this fight is intriguing i don't i don't see it the way that uh dana white sees it as like the biggest he's marketing <clears> the, fight. the biggest fight yeah because um you think it was like four four 4.6 million for uh pacquiao and floyd that's like the most uh most pay-per-view i don't back in the day you know how ali and um the Thriller in Manila and all these huge where people were sitting by radio, uh, like the radio or the stereos, and yeah. they was watching uh, watching it on TV and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know how, like, what the views on, on those fights were. But in terms of the pay-per-views, like 4.6 million, you know, for Mayweather and Pacquiao, those are two, like, top-tier fighters. I could only I – I, I just don't see, like, it being on that scale. But the only way that I could see it being on it, like, on on like bigger than that is if um they utilize both of their platforms and like mm. to its fullest potential like True. you know boosting it on fa- on Instagram and Ooh. Facebook and then like using Twitter is like you know Elon Musk tweets go viral all the time so I, I can see it going like crazy like I told that. you earlier the best way to utilize this fight is somehow if anybody who owns a Tesla can watch this fight free from that Tesla screen yeah That'd be fucking nuts. Yeah. Like if you got that computer, you just download some software or whatever and you just boom, you got stream, the fight. Stream, and then and then and then fucking um uh Zuckerberg's like, hey, everybody on Facebook, plug you in, you can watch it there. So you got these two yeah. massive platforms and everybody will be watching that shit. And then if you got the little uh Oculus goggles or whatever, you can watch it on yeah, there. Oculus. Yeah, yeah o- Oculus, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could do. I mean, this—that's the thing. Like when you when you got this type of leverage and this type of power, like you could really do whatever you want to. So for them, I would be like, why do a regular? Like why mm-hmm. do the straight Showtime pay per view? Like I wouldn't even go. I wouldn't even. I would. I wouldn't really even mess with Dana White. Like you if don't I, got to. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would just sanction it myself and myself. let it be an ex- exhibition. Mm-hmm. You know, get the facility. They mm-hmm. probably don't want to have to deal with all the the nuances of getting the refs and the judges and stuff but outside of that like because you know dana white got a reputation of keeping keeping a bulk of the pie mm. so you know I, i'm just like i'm dana i mean i'm mark zuckerberg i don't yeah, need mark nobody Z- i got the funds to do whatever yeah i haven't heard them speak about I, they talked to him but truth be told they don't need him at all they mm-hmm. could literally like you said get it sanctioned they could they could get a venue themselves they could do everything yeah. themselves yeah they could do it outside of ufc and they could also get some ring judges but thing about it though is i seen zuck and zuckerberg is in pretty decent shape yeah he took a picture i'm gonna show you this if i could find it real quick you uh-huh. can keep talking i'll show it to you yeah 
But yeah, Mark, uh, he took a picture and, like he was like fresh, fresh out the gym. Oh, Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. Let me see, Mark Zuckerberg. Let me see. Here. It's this picture right here. <laughs> yeah, he looked kind of dangerous. <laughs> he could look like he gonna whoop him. Yeah, yeah. He gonna, Elon Musk. Good luck. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg looked like he actually. Yeah, I don't know about that. You might want to stay on that one. But that's that's my thing. Like, I, you, if you follow Mark Zuckerberg, you can tell he'd be tumbling a little bit. He'd be throwing some, throwing some punches and combos. But I've literally never seen Elon Musk work out. So this is like, this is just super random to me that he's supposed to elite. He supposedly is just you know, just like good in some form of mixed martial arts. But yeah, yeah, he looked like a nerd, but like he looked like he's. But you gotta think about like his he was, you know, a, a freaking pro, a prodigy um in terms of computer science at at uh where did he go to Harvard? One of, I think he went I to think, Harvard. I think so, yeah. Yeah. And um he didn't finish school. Like he started Facebook and then he just grew it to this like super successful company. Um and then like I imagine now uh, Meta is kind of on autopilot. Like he probably has different people in positions where he doesn't have to do a lot of the groundwork. So he got to fill up his time by being a dad and probably like going on hikes and uh, taking up, you know, different uh, fighting styles and stuff like that. And just, you know. Mark Zuckerberg trained with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion Mikey Mezumeki. Mm-hmm. Like this dude is serious with this shit. Don't fuck with Mark, man. Don't, Don't if, do it. No, nah, because Mark is looking for the opportunity. Those Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guys have a lot in common, and one of them is they tend to be pretty sharp guys, mm-hmm. right? They're pretty smart, like you know, nerdy behind the desk, like IT type dudes. Mm-hmm. But they will fuck you up. That is yeah. not the person. A person that here's the thing: a person who knows Jiu-Jitsu. And let's say you fall to the ground. They already beat you. Mm-hmm. They know everything on the ground and you know nothing. Mm-hmm. You're going to think you're getting yourself out of some shit, but you just made it worse. Yeah. They're going to get you in an ankle lock. They're going to motherfucking be able to get a hold of you, whatever. They, go, they know how to twist your ankle a certain way to make you fall down. Mm-hmm. Now they on top of you. Now they got ground control. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. That ain't it, dog. It, I don't, what do Elon even look like? He, he kind of look a little... He a little sloppy, bro. Oh, no. He can't really... He don't got no Instagram, but... He, he's... Every time I seen him with his shirt off, he a little bit... He got a little gut to it. Yeah, <clears> he <throat> don't like he trained at all. He just probably one of those rich guys that talk shit. That's what I'm saying. This nigga Elon Musk is not training. Why are you showing... It's a kidding. picture of Elon Musk with gloves on. He's just getting... They probably photoshopped that. Photoshopped them on him? Let me see. Because I lit, I'd never seen that before. Elon Musk training. Oh, my God. This is insane. Look at his body. <laughs> that nigga look like a marshmallow. Yeah, he white as hell. <laughs> he looked like he looked like some sliced turkey meat. <laughs> like lunch meat, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is I don't know. I don't if in this fight, I'm sorry, but I, I might have to go with Zuckerberg right now. I'm going with Zuck. I'm yeah. Going with my boy Zuck. Zuckerberg really looking. And I think that you gotta understand how good it is for business and how confident Zuckerberg is in himself. He know he's gonna beat him. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, 
it went from just like banter or talking shit to like I'll fuck you up for reals. Yeah, you're not playing. No, nah, this nigga not playing, bro. That's like somebody calling out um, uh, Wiz Khalifa right now. He like, oh no, bro, I, I be I be chilling, but nah. I really be training. Nah, mm-hmm. I seen Wiz Khalifa kicking a bag. Mm-hmm. He was he was taking him through some training, mm-hmm. and then he turned it up. He was just, boom, 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 kicking mm-hmm. the bag. I was like, oh hell no, yeah. That yeah, stuff is real, man. Wiz Khalifa went from being a novice to like being really fucking good. Yeah, people be putting them if you put the work in, especially like in that mm-hmm. that type of like you know jujitsu and stuff like that, you could get really good. Like you know, it's 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 kind of scary. And he's still pretty skinny, but now it's muscle. Mm-hmm. So Wiz is like not. He's still a pretty you know uh, a lean like lean build dude, mm-hmm. but he went from being scrawny to like having muscle. Yeah, and that he, leverage that you get, like being that tall too, oh being that wiry. Where's at least like six four, I think, mm-hmm. like six three or six four. You'll really hurt somebody. Yeah, so, bro. That would be. I think. I don't know. That would be a spectacle, though. I am curious to see if they they actually put that together. Um, but they. I mean, more, Elon Musk more so than Mark Zuckerberg. I think this is like. I think. I think how it plays out is Elon Musk is like he's a person that's going to send you know, people to space just because he wants to. And then also like he, he, I think he's inter, interested in the entertainment of being like a scientist and all that other stuff. Um, so that's what intrigues him about this thing. But then you start talking to Mark Zuckerberg and Mark Zuckerberg is like, I ain't, all I did is like is spar with a couple people in the gym. But if I get to display that, I could really like throw my hands and I could really get on the ground and stuff like that. Like he just he just waiting for that opportunity, and like you said, if he knows that if I beat him up, like that's just gonna raise the value of Meta, then it's over. Yeah, it's, oh yeah. yeah, it will too. Yeah, it will because then it'll be like it's gonna be some motherfucking uh, some other computer or some new innovator of something. This mm-hmm. is not gonna stop, bro. <laughs> like if they really fight. <laughs> this is not going to stop you with them. You set a pre- precedent for the it's, tech guys. It's not just the tech guys, but it might be some politicians. Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, George Bush in his prime when he was in office, he was a dipshit, but he was in really good fucking shape. Mm-hmm. And if he had gotten to it, I don't know, let's say it was Putin at the time, he would have fucked Putin up. Yeah. Because they showed him running and lifting weights, and George Bush was kind of... kind of George Bush was getting a workout bro, in? George Bush was kind of yoked, bro. Yeah. I don't know if people remember that or not. I can see Obama. Obama looked like he got a nice jab. I don't know. Obama, Obama's like kind of more of a, like an athlete, but he seemed like I don't know if he really got no hands though. Nah, Obama got hands, bro. He from he from Chicago. You sure? That nigga grew up next to Big Dirk. What's up? Oh, Big Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> Obama's in like that. You hit him, you're like, oh, you're hitting me. Oh, <laughs> America, this is not a good representation of who I am. <laughs> He's punching me in the head. That's comedy. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I put him in an arm bar and I broke his arm. That's what we're doing. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. You know this is a side note, but you, I, I want them to bring back that fight night game, man. I was thinking Ooh, about that the other day, bro. That was like one of the best games. The better than <clears throat> fight night was Knockout Kings. Knockout, I never played that. Knockout Kings was the prequel to Fight Night. Uh-huh. Fight Night was really good, really good game. I had Fight Night, mm-hmm. but all it was was a prequel. It was also it was also with EA Sports, mm-hmm. but it was on PS One and it, I think it was on PS Two also. 
but it was really good. Oh yeah. man, the, this with the boxing and sh- it was really realistic, even for the time. I That's had, the crazy part. When I played, when I I remember playing Fight Night like years later, it's like really years good. after, it's it, still like good. five years after it came out, and it, the graphics were still solid. Yes. Yeah, I was like, dang, I, they don't make PS3. They don't, yeah, they don't mm-hmm. make games like that. Mm-mm. Usually, if you play the game, and by the time like the next year comes, it's just kind of like outdated. outdated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I was looking at a game back in the day that right now could stand up. They're talking about with Madden, because Madden now, bro, uh, it's, it's supposedly it got a little better this year. We'll see when it releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a game back in the day called NFL Fever on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Desmond had it. I don't remember. Man, that was a good fucking game. What, uh, what company was it? What do you mean what company? Like, I know it wasn't EA Sports. No, it wasn't. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. It, it'll it'll come to me. But I Google it. Yeah, put mm-hmm. up NFL Fever. It'll it'll mm-hmm. say who it was. Mm-hmm. NFL Fever. Yep. NFL. But it was it was a it was a it was better than uh, Madden. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's NFL Fever at the time. At the time, probably not better than Madden at the time. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about two thousand two, two thousand one. Oh, I do. Rem- I think I remember it because Peyton Manning is on the front mm-hmm. of this cover. Damn. Mm-hmm. Desmond had that on Xbox. Yeah, it was a Microsoft game. Mm-hmm. Microsoft Studio. Microsoft, yes. It was a, and the graphics were great back mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good graphics. Yeah, I do remember this game. Yep. So it's NF, yeah, NFL Fever. NFL Fever. And I think they only did a few years. Yeah. No, it was shows it went up to oh, oh 04. Yeah, I think we need more parody in terms of these sports games. Just to, uh, I see a 03. Yeah, 03, 04, too. Mm hmm. Uh, 0203. Oh, the NCAA games is <clears throat> dope, too. Are they supposed to be bringing that back? Yes, they are. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're supposed to be bringing them back. Especially, bro, it's going to change the game because you can use the people's likeness now. You know, mm-hmm. you don't gotta have like Reggie Bush on there as just number, number five. five. Yeah, yeah, we know it's Reggie Bush on there. <clears throat> yeah, that's a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a while back too. It's got Derek Carr on here, or not Derek? Uh, David. David Carr. Mm-hmm. Two thousand two NFL Fever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is super dope. Dang. Yeah, good stuff, man. Yep. All right, let's let's close it out, man. All um, right. We got the last one here. We'll give you real quick with it with the Candace Owens shit. All right. Switching gears. Candace Owens. Candace Owens recently said uh, that Juneteenth was ghetto and made up. Uh, it seems that in a political commentator, uh, uh, Candace Owens' spare time, she enjoys causing uproars. See, th- here, we got to stop this, though. Before I keep reading, just let people know this is not an objective article. I was just looking for other articles. But it kept pointing me to video. Okay. So we'll have our own take on it. Okay. She took a moment to openly mock the significance of Juneteenth holiday. Juneteenth is still ghetto and made up. Hope everyone enjoys it. She tweeted, how can anyone take Candace on seriously? Celebrating the freeing of slaves in America is ghetto. One person responded, if her original tweet wasn't enough to get the masses riled up hours later, the 34-year-old added, be sure to leave your milk and cookies out. Maybe Joe Biden will bring you those reparations Democrats keep promising you. Absolute fools, but enjoy your pander of a holiday. Damn. That was just, that's wild. But yeah. Someone's like, she, she need therapy. Here's the thing. You got to understand what she's doing. 
when it comes to Candace Owens, I've heard her say things that had great validity to them before. Mm-hmm. And I've heard her say a lot of shit that was completely ignorant, short-sighted, and low-key racist. Mm-hmm. Now, in this in this situation, I've noticed that Candace Owens relies on sensationalism to rile people up to get attention. Mm-hmm. What, what I don't like about her is she has low integrity because she will make a statement like when she talked about Ahmed Aubrey. And she'll be like, he was more than a jogger. He was doing something that he shouldn't have been doing, blah, blah, blah. And it was a bunch of people agreeing with this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Turns out that video showed that he was really just minding his business. And one of the dudes that were there ended up snitching on them. Mm-hmm. And they, they, followed, they, they followed the young man and they shot him. And the man was trying to fight for his life when the dude came around with a gun. Yeah. The dude literally just literally approached him with a gun. Yeah, and she never went back. She never said, you know, with the new evidence provided, I wanted to apologize. I mean, they're already convicted now. <clears throat> yeah, they're convicted. They locked mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But with new evidence, she did not go back and say, "Hey, according to police reports, according to visual evidence, it shows that Ahmed Arbery was minding his business and he was shot." And I want to apologize to the family or anything. She never went back and revised anything. She just never had to atone. For the words that she uses on people, right? Well, I think I think with her, like she's just standing on um, the evidence that she has, right? Because she's been wrong on multiple occasions, multiple especially times. with these issues with black people. Like even with George Floyd, you know, she's saying all these things, and she made a whole documentary in support of whatever. But at the end of the day, he's the the man that murdered him was still convicted. Mm-hmm. Like so, you know. Like, what do you have to say? She, like, she just never, she, like you said, she never um, goes back and corrects or retroactively says, like, you know, I was wrong about this situation. I think her, I think our main objective is to make uh, black people look bad. Well, here's the ultimate thing. What, what she realizes is there's a lot of um, uh, right wing pundits that happen to be white, but the difference is that because she's a black woman, she's saying all the things that some of them want to say. Mm-hmm. But they don't say it because it's not gonna look right. Mm-hmm. But because Candace Owens is there, she's a black face. She could say this fucked up shit, and as a black woman, she doesn't really. She, she could really just. She really does. She does a bad job of looking at these stories in an objective way. Mm-hmm. And what I notice about her too is she's galvanizing the far right. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference. There's conservative because I have friends that are conservative. And they they're they're conservative because their political affiliate like their their political affiliation just aligns with some of the conservative values. It doesn't go beyond that. Mm-hmm. They're not like Trumpers or none of that shit. They just happen to be conservative. And then there's people on the far right that bargain racism that that are uneducated, the loudmouth Trump people. Those are far right motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. She's galvanizing the far right people that basically the ones that do say and do racist shit. And she's letting them know with a dog whistle, look, I see you. Mm-hmm. It's no different than people that's like super far right stuff where people are, I mean, far left stuff where people that think that you could, you should be able to change your gender in the second grade. Mm-hmm. Like that shit is too much. Mm-hmm. There are things on both sides that are very, that are very toxic towards America. And the shit on the right is the racist right wing rhetoric and the, and the idea that they could rely on Candace to say everything that they really want to say. Mm-hmm. And Candace knows that. And she knows as long as she keeps doing that, she's got a job. Mm-hmm. She's got job security because she's going to... It's no different than fucking... What's that dude? Is it Jason Whitlock? Yeah. Oh, my God. That dude is super... 
he's like he's like one of those super conspiratorial conservative people where yeah and he kind of turned into that which is kind of weird weird i think i think what they do like early on they say little certain things because jason whitlock was just a regular like he's just a regular guy talking about sports mm-hmm. and then i think there was like a kind of a divide that happened where he just starts saying little things about certain athletes the, and about certain yeah. protests and stuff like that yep yeah. there's a market for black people that that there's a market for black people that say fucked up shit about black people that's what mm-hmm. i've noticed like yeah. the jason whitlock's and the Candace Owens and people like that, that when they align with a right wing party and they say like black people are stupid and lazy mm-hmm. and then it'd be having like two million views. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, that's not OK, man. That's, that's yeah, that's yeah. not OK. And then I don't like what I don't like is like tearing down black people without a solution, you know, like to, to call Juneteenth like this ghetto holiday or whatever. Like what? Where where is the conversation about making us better as a people? Like, cause all I hear from her is just finding ways to like make us look bad and finding ways to like um, say what that group of you know white conservative men have to say about black people, and it's just it's kind of sickening, man. Just because we are already battling like so much, like just so much in terms of society and in discrimination and all these things that we have to deal with just waking up. And then for somebody that looked just like you to be like saying the, the opinions of these other people is like, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's yeah. like we, it's just fighting, like just fighting yourself almost. Yeah. But here's the issue. They, they don't understand the nuance of what you just said. What you just said sounds like an excuse to people on the far right. When you say, when we just wake up, we have to deal with this, like all oh God, here they come with the excuses. Mm-hmm. Black people are just too woke and always the victim. Mm-hmm. I, I read the comments and I want to provide nuance, right? The nuance is this. When you say Juneteenth is a made up holiday, here's some history for you. It's not 1865. The slaves were freed. Initially, they had been freed. Actually, it was 1863, mm-hmm. but it was two years of people not knowing they was free. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Yeah. Right? How are they going to find out? <laughs> yeah, nobody going to tell them. They're going to be like, yeah. don't tell them that they're free. Yeah. Right? So yeah. not not only that, but you got the 13th Amendment, which basically was legalized slavery under, you know, under the the the, the, the law. You know, some there was a crime. Jar- some jargon to make slavery legal. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you had sharecroppers, sharecropping where you wasn't sharing shit. They was just taking advantage of black folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had... Uh, freaking Jim Crow laws where it was laws where literally if you seen a white woman coming your way, you had to cross the street. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many things and so many nuances that black people not only went through, but are still being there residual effects from that uh, rep- reparations. The fact that people that are on the right are looking at it as a handout when in a, when not only in American history, but world history reparations have been given to disenfranchised people. I Jew- t- Hold on. Jewish people got reparations. Japanese people that were put in internment camps in the 40s got reparations. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking uh, slave owners that had slaves that had lost property got reparations. Everyone got paid except for black folks. And it's looked at as a fucking handout because history was written by the winners. And since the winners don't want to look bad, they will just continue to keep shitting on a person of a different hue. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that before we just get so, before we just get so, um, 
we stand at our before we stand on like I'm liberal, I'm conservative, and I believe in this. You might want to dig into history a little bit deeper because I yeah. don't. I, and and I know that she's a pretty even though a lot of times she's a complete piece of shit. Candace Owens is actually really intelligent. So what I take from her too is I, I don't have a lot of respect for her in a way because she knows what's really going on. Mm-hmm. She has to know the history of this country. Even when you talk about 1776, you know, and the 4th of July and all of that, black people were considered three-fifths human. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were considered property during the inception of this country. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say, like, what if we said, oh, 4th of July is a made-up holiday because we weren't even considered a, a human back then. But all holidays are made up. That's what I don't understand about that point. Like, mm-hmm. any holiday. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> New Year's is just something that people put together because... You know the um, the world makes a full circle or whatever the case yeah. may be. So it's like all, all this stuff. The Saint Tr- Patrick Pat, Saint Patrick's Day is like just made up because of some Irish cultural elements or whatever. I don't know the full history, but it's just like it's all made up. <laughs> like the, Christmas is made up. Like somebody somebody sat down or the government sat down and made this a holiday because of by popular demand or something like that. So. I just that's not a great it's not a great point to stand on. So I just I just don't really understand that. It's not, but you got to understand people that watch these, regardless if it's MSNBC or CNN, people that, or or Fox News, people that watch these networks are not looking for information. They're looking for affirmation. Mm-hmm. They only want to be affirmed of what they believe. They're not looking for something new to find out. So when you present something new and say, hey, and you challenge Candace Owens and you say, hey, she's missing all this shit. You yeah. know, why is Juneteenth made up in ghetto? When you use the word ghetto, it's a dog whistle towards racist people on the very far right. Mm-hmm. When they think of ghetto, what do you think of? You don't think of just the word ghetto. You think it's affiliated with black people. Mm-hmm. We know what the fuck you're doing, Candace Owens. We know what you're doing. It's a dog whistle to say, hey, it's no different than Trump using the word thug in a fucking tweet. Mm-hmm. We know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is garbage. Mm-hmm. And, and we got to get this shit out of the news cycle. It's got to go. No one's reporting the news anymore. They're just reaffirming the biases, whether it's on the left or the right. Yeah. But that's not news, though. She just like, all she does is like articulate her opinion. But that's but you gotta understand how people articulate news. People get their news from the motherfucking internet. Yeah. It'll be a it'll be a popular streamer if somebody said something, and that's where they get their news. That's how mm-hmm. people think. Mm-hmm. So at, with your platform, even this podcast, like for example, we talk on here, but we also tell you guys to go get the information. But there's some people that probably trust in what we say enough to where they're like, oh, Keith's a sharp guy. Mm-hmm. Eddie's a sharp guy. And it's like, I really don't want you guys to do that. I appreciate it, but you should go back. And double check what we're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people just say what they say like it's the law. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. I think my biggest shot at Candace Owens would be like, you don't ever, you don't ever revise anything. You just say something, it goes, it gets on fire. And even when you're wrong, you don't ever go back and correct anything. You just leave it in the air. And then you continue to have opinions. I think any person with integrity would say, hey, you know what? A few weeks ago, I said this, and it's been proven that, hey, the police evidence and this proved that that was there. So if I offended anybody, I think it would, I think it would literally mean more if she did that, but she won't do it. Mm-hmm. She won't do it because the people who subscribe to her content would lose respect if she did that. Yeah. You know, it's a big the, game. The sad part about Candace Owens is um, 
one day she gonna die and people are gonna laugh at her. And all those people that, you know, quote unquote got love for her, they they love to hear her talk or, you know, you had a you said you seen a um a comment where somebody essentially said, you know, I don't care for no black people, but you know, thank God for Candace Owens. Yeah, like that all was those wild. all those comments. Like it's gonna be the same it's gonna be that same energy for the, the people that died in the submersible. Like people gonna be laughing and putting up memes memes and, and all this stuff. All the comments you had to say about George Floyd is going is gonna come back, you know, tenfold. And you just it's just it's gonna be it's just gonna be what it's gonna be, man. And that's like that's the unfortunate thing about all this pandering and stuff that you're doing. It's like when you die in, in terms of the conservative side, it's just gonna be another day. And then it, it, at least, you know, the, you know, the type of love that a Kobe Bryant might get when he pass away or, mm-hmm. or Prince, you know, Prince passes away. They have the, the Super Bowl and they light the city up in purple and all like all the love mm-hmm. that like our black people that we love, you know, get or we, we celebrate in these people. She not gonna get that same type of love from that side because that's just a it's, a big it's just another nigga that that passes away and then on on our side it's like you definitely not gonna get that love because you've been you've been preaching hate to us for the past you know what five six years so yeah, yeah. I just think that when you are a person that's considered that's considered a minority in this country you have a different there was a the the, the prequel or the beginning of this country it was different towards you it's not saying that. You, you know, should, you know, not love America or not be proud of this country. But your your origin story was different. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that served in, I think he served in Vietnam. I was telling you beforehand. And um, we were having a conversation out there in Van Nuys. And uh, he basically told me, you know what? I served this country and I, you're not a black man. You are an American. And I said, what? He said, you're, all, you're an American. You're not a black man. I said, I'm a black man, and I'm proud of it. And he said, I've, I'm telling you, man, I served this country. I said, I heard what you said, but I'm a black man, and I'm proud of it, and I'm an American, and I'm proud to be in America. It has afforded me to have a lot of opportunities, but there are a lot of men who look like me that fought in every American war that did not get their just due and got treated terribly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And no one had to atone for it. There are still black men who fought in every American war. The first person to die for America was a black man named Crispus Attucks, mm-hmm. right? So these men that died in these wars didn't even get the medals of valor that they were supposed to get. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still receiving these medals of valor posthumously, mm-hmm. right? So America never had to atone for what it did. Mm-hmm. So. When I say I'm proud to be a black man, that's not being reductive of anyone else. That's saying I know my history. I also love this country, but I love the men who fought in segregated companies. They weren't even allowed to fight next to white soldiers. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you that, that's what I mean. So I t- there's a certain amount of responsibility that I have, not only as a, a black man, but just a man in America, knowing my history. Because I'm not going to let you infiltrate that by telling me I'm not black. I'm American. Mm-hmm. Right, who, Amer- are you, who are you to say that? Who though? are you to say that? America yeah. didn't. America did not view us that way, which is why there's disproportionate elements that exist to this day. When yeah. you talk about ghettos, ghettos all over America are disproportionately black and brown. Mm-hmm. That was all by design, by, through redlining and through community planning. It was all by design. 
Mm-hmm. It's not because, you know, the reason why the, the 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 landscape is the way it is is not because, oh, we're black, we're dumb, you're so much smarter than us, and you invest better than no. It's because of the New Deal, right? That was I think it was was it was it Lyndon Johnson? I don't think it was Lyndon. Who was it? I think it was Lyndon. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong. But the New Deal was written in the place to literally give housing to white families. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a fact. That is not fiction. Yeah. So when you look at all these things, if a black person just says, you know, systemic oppression, and you're like, oh, stop it. You're just saying systemic. It's I'm adding nuance to it. I want you to look at all the shit that I'm saying. And then when you try to combat it with this very short-sighted view of what America is by saying black people just making things up. Why do they have affirmative action? Why do they think they need reparations? Bro, if we're going to keep it a buck, we built this fucking country yeah cotton was a billion dollar industry in the 1800s billion with a b mm-hmm. black folks couldn't get nothing why are you complaining over 40 acres and a mule well maybe because it was something that was it was a financial beginning mm-hmm. to hundreds of years of free fucking labor mm-hmm. right that's why mm-hmm. i'm i'm pro reparations if somebody says well, why do you think it? Why would? Why did you deserve a handout? It's not. That's not a hand. That's the thing. Like, so I was. There's a. Um, so I worked this this gig where we work with these kids, right? And long story short, like the district hasn't paid us all of the money that we were owed because we were like, we were contracted through them to you know provide a service, and they were supposed to pay mm-hmm. us um, out for for you know showing up for the kids or whatever. Um, so not to not to divorce too much because who knows like in terms of laws i mean i think there might be like a lawsuit involved and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. so um essentially one of the one of the ladies uh she she has the nerve to say um she tells like this third party information she tells one of the other people that she work with like you know the person that is like our our boss she's like this he uh basically telling another person that he's begging for his money. Like he comes in here and he's begging for his money. But we had we worked and we are uh it's far past due the the time frame that we were contracted to actually get paid right. for what we did. Um so the nerve for her to say that we we were begging for our our money is the same conversation that we're having like about Ridiculous. reparations. Like this is something that was promised to us and they have a, the nerve to say that we're we're asking for a handout or we're begging or we don't want to work and all these different things. It's like, this is like, if some if something is, if, 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 this is not literally the situation, but if I loan somebody $5 in the next week, I'm like, hey, bro, like you got that five I, I loaned you. Nigga, I'm not begging. I'm asking, asking for, for the money that you money said, you said, you said you were going to pay me back. So I don't know. It's just, it's just strange. Like you get to start, you start getting into the semantics and, and the linguistics of these conversations yeah. and they try to like spin it like you did something wrong. Yeah, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It, it's insane how much I see in regards to these conversations, especially you look at the comments with Candace Owens, like that's why I like Candace because she tells the truth. <clears throat> no, she doesn't tell the truth. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to galvanize a bunch of people that already don't like somebody. Yeah. Right. Like I said, there's a difference between somebody who is right leaning and somebody who is far right. Most mm-hmm. far right motherfuckers will bargain racism any day because mm-hmm. they already don't. They already. You notice that nobody's a racist anymore. Have you noticed that? Yeah. 
Uh, you know what I mean, right? Yeah. Nobody is. Yeah. Like, Nobody's taking ownership of that. Thank you. It's mm-hmm. not socially acceptable to call me a nigger, but when you go home around all your uncles and cousins and friends, you saying nigger 15 times a day. Yeah. Okay? It's no different than us. Like, even though we don't use the F word in regards to anybody that's gay, we got uncles and cousins that be dropping F-bombs all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, damn, bro. But it's at the same time, this is what's really going on. Mm-hmm. We know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And these same people are watching Candace Owens every motherfucking day while yeah. she's doing it. And because she's black, mm-hmm. it's softening the blow. Yeah. That's what it looked like it's, now. It's incredibly irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Incredibly. And first of all, I'm not telling Candace that she shouldn't be crucial of black people. But doing it in a way that's not reductive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's reductive. It's like... You saying like, oh my God, like stop having your kids like caged animals. And I understand that you want to make excuses for being black. Oh, the victimhood, the victimology and the woke this and that. And it's like, man, what people don't realize is Candace is fake. She was very, very liberal. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, Tucker Carlson. He was on fucking CNN. That, that, yeah, they have a they have a very specific way of moving where it's like they know the power. They know the 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 financial incentive of being like a very conservative person and even like a, the people that are like very liberal like the, the Sean Kings of the world yeah ridiculous. they understand that this is a business and they they know exactly how to like uh and I don't even know what they're what they're selling or how they're monetizing it I just know but that as a plat- yeah as a platform when Candace Owen is and Candace Owens is able to say certain things like you know, like <laughs> this is a ghetto holiday and it's a made up holiday yeah. that somehow translates into finances. Or some Candace capacity. Owens and Sean King might be comparable to each other because I've seen out of nowhere Sean King be like, why do people think Jesus is white? And it's like nobody was thinking or talking about this. <laughs> Nigga, I'm you chilling. Just, you just needed I'm some watching form- a football game and you're going to tweet that. You just needed some form of sensationalism in order for in order for you to grip people and keep them moving. And that's how you that's your business model It's to yeah. say Say the next wild thing or the next conversation to get people riled up. Yeah. That's all it is. Sean, I think she kind of low-key took on a Sean King role. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sean King for the right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> there's that, man. I don't got much else on this, man. I just hope that people who subscribe to Candace Owens can see through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, even though I think she's full of shit, I've heard her say some things with really good validity and very mm-hmm. good sense. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes it more upsetting is the fact that she's actually um, she can articulate herself very well. Yeah. But she artic- it, it's very fake in the way she does it. Yeah. Because in order for her to articulate herself and say something that hateful means she had to jump past all these historical facts. Mm-hmm. She had to jump over all these historical facts to make a very short sighted opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we got to get off. We got to get off, off the pod, man. How long, how long have we been on? Uh, two hours, six minutes. Okay. Well, we gave him a little bit of a show here, man. Yeah. Um, for all those that have made it to the end of the episode, we appreciate oh, you, we gotta man. got to shout out the, uh, the YouTubes and stuff. I know. I'm about to get there. I, right. You know, I almost slipped up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nigga getting old. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Head over to our YouTube. That is at a Trucker's Mind podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, head over to uh, truckersmind.com for merch, for your merch needs and hats. Mm-hmm. Head on over to ATM Pod. On uh, Cash App to mm-hmm. for a friendly donation, and head over to a Trucker's Mind podcast on 
Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, A underscore Truckers Mind underscore podcast. Yeah. And uh, check us out, man. Send us yeah. a sub. And oh, and head over to Spotify for a rating. Yeah, and Apple. And Apple. Mm, but Apple I said a rating. I'm not telling you what to rate it. That is mm-hmm. up to you. Yeah. You know how people say, send us a five-star rating. I said that one time, but it's like, I'm not going to coerce you into doing that. Yeah. You tell us how you feel, okay? If mm-hmm. you feel we deserve five stars, you punch that goddamn fifth star, okay? Hey, man. Like, we, I mean, we were saying the last time, some of our, and we have far, far less less uh, reviews than some of the other podcasts, but mm-hmm. Our podcast rating is pretty high, four point seven. Yeah, four point seven on on Apple Podcasts. That's higher than you know a couple of the famous podcasts. Yeah, so. that's why we want to prove it to y'all, man. We come out here, we drop these podcasts. They're over an hour and a half, two hours a week. Yeah, we just dropping straight, and we ain't getting paid from it. Yeah, we getting paid like fractional. We get fractionally, but we ain't even paid. worth. Yeah, I if, don't want if, if I got paid uh, ten cent an hour for a job, I would quit. <laughs> 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 this is like this is a definitely an investment. Yeah, yeah, for sure, hundred percent, man. Mm-hmm. But it's totally worth the journey, man. Mm-hmm. So, would you rather? This is the thing. We've been doing this for five years straight, every week. So, I'd rather do this for five, seven years, and then get that massive reward. Than you know, uh, quit because we're not getting paid what we should get paid. Or man, yeah, you know, I think yeah. it's going to be so sweet. And you know, the thing about it is, when we reach that that you know the apex of our you know of our success for the podcast i'll be happy but i'll just be like yeah we deserve it yeah it's another day this is another day Mm because it's like okay we got what we came here for let's just keep moving yeah like i'm not even gonna be like i can't believe like yeah nigga i can't believe yeah we've done a podcast through all kinds of trauma i lost my dad keith lost family he lost Mm -hmm. his uncle you know what i'm saying we Mm -hmm. lost all kind of stuff. We had all kind of things going on in our life, and we podcasted every mother yeah. fucking week. Yeah. If it's one thing you can be assured is that we're going to show up every motherfucking week. Mm-hmm. Every week. You could get a divorce. You could lose your house. Yeah. You could, your, your, your pet could pass away, and we're going to be on there every week to try to like soften the blow of your situation. Mm hmm. Cause some bro, I, I'll say this before we got here. As podcasters, I think it's important to be consistent because you never know who needs to listen to your content. Mm-hmm. They might want to start their Monday off with a distraction from what they're going through, and they might like you so much, but because you don't want to be consistent, it's like it's kind of it kind of sucks because you got people who care about you and you don't even want to give the people what they need, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's facts. Yeah. You, you hear it all the time. Like, I was just watching an interview with Earl Spence, and he was talking about how um, after he got into his car accident, you know, they were saying he's not supposed to walk and all these other things. He said he just turned on Eric Thomas every day. And Eric Thomas was just, you know, coaching his mind, coaching his body, and he was just, you know, steadily, slowly but surely starting to figure out how to walk again, hitting the gym, hitting the bag and stuff. So, you know. It's just it's very it's important for those people that are putting out that content and especially content that people care for content with some substance that we keep putting it out because you just don't know who who's in the middle of Mm -hmm. freaking Minnesota or whatever that's Mm -hmm. dealing with some breakup or dealing with, you know, somebody passing away that need to hear your voice. So putting that content out, man, 100 percent. You never know who's listening. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Once again, if you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Finks. We're out of here. Peace.